0: BYU fans and preferred partners stay with us year after year. Hyatt Place Provo, where guests like you are our top priority. Proud sponsor of BYU Athletics. Go Cougs! You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: Well, BYU is now 0-7 in the Satake era when the Cougars are minus 3 or worse in the margin. and That was the only number really that mattered today for BYU. That number. BYU outgained Oklahoma. BYU had only two fewer first downs than Oklahoma. BYU had the ball longer than Oklahoma. BYU had more yards per play than Oklahoma. BYU had as many yards, had, uh, had uh, as many snaps as Oklahoma. It all came down to ball security. BYU didn't have it hands, and BYU loses the game as a result today.
2: I just am a bit in shock based off of what BYU was doing as a team, but just the, the mistakes that caused this loss. You know, just to continue, BYU had more TFLs than Oklahoma, 6-4. to four. BYU had the same amount of sacks as Oklahoma, which, you know, BYU sacks have come at a premium this year. Uh, it felt like BYU came out of this gate ready to tackle. They came out ready to swarm and, and fight in this game. And when you really needed it, when that run game got going, at the end is Oklahoma's trying to milk the clock and end this Your swarm tackling was gone. You fell off some tackles. So what a crazy game to be up in the booth and call and watch and analyze, Greg.
1: 31-24, BYU's lost its fourth straight game. And now the Cougars need to win on the road in Stillwater to get bowl eligible in 2023. And after Oklahoma's field goal miss in the fourth quarter to keep it a 24-24 ball game and BYU getting the ball back on offense. It felt like the BYU Cougars had everything going the way they needed it to until turnover number three on the day. Shortfield scored the other way and Oklahoma scored 21 of its 31 off of BYU turnovers today.
2: I am just beside myself on the passing call on the two yard line and, and I, I know that that's going to probably be a, a difficult conversation. Definitely one we will have with Kalani Satake at the in the uh, post game but i i know that in that moment they were running at will and it felt like the run was there it felt like the offensive line had the advantage and you've got four downs from 2 yards <laughs> to try to punch it in but a pick six there in fact you know greg once that pick six lands in oklahoma ha- hands it's it's almost like it's impossible at that point you know, you're looking at a minus three. You're looking at a pick six. It feels like at that point it's just impossible to try to come back.
1: It was late in the third quarter, a 100-yard interception return. That ended up being a difference maker, a difference maker. It wasn't the difference maker. BYU did come on to tie the game after that play, but that was the one that swung this game, certainly. All right, uh, we will continue from Provo and Lavelle Edwards Stadium with uh, Cougar Post Game Live. Big Tires Cougar Post Game Live. This is Cougar Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network
0: what a play that was spectacular you're listening to BYU football on BYU radio
3: where does a journey to wellness begin do you start looking for diet ideas or searching for exercise plans actually you don't have to look far just look to the first two letters of the word wellness we means you don't have to figure it out yourself It means your hopes and challenges are a perfect match for our knowledge and resources. It means anything you want to achieve. Together, we can achieve better. Because wellness begins with we. Intermountain Health. The power of we.
1: Hi, this is Lisa from The
4: Lisa Show. This week on The Lisa Show. We have a society that devalues people with disabilities. Advocacy is a big part of our lives. We're a huge proponents
5: of school inclusion.
4: It's
0: also talking about it, hearing other people's stories, sharing my
4: story. These things are part of keeping yourself going.
6: With new episodes every week, join The Lisa Show on the BYU radio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O' Tires, the team you trust. Cougar Post Game Live is also brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Big O Tires. Cougar Post Game Live brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires. The team you trust, Oklahoma 31, BYU 24. Sooners now 9-2, BYU 5-6. This game was 17-17 at halftime. In the third quarter, both teams had punts on their first two possessions. BYU's third possession was a thing of beauty. Aiden Robbins began grinding it, and BYU found itself with a first and goal at the Oklahoma two-yard line. On first and goal from the two, With the ground game really going, BYU went to the air. And Jake Retzloff threw a short pass that was picked off at the goal line by Billy Bowman, who took it 100 yards to the house for the 24-17 Oklahoma lead. BYU, to its credit, responded immediately. Their final drive of the third quarter, when eight plays, 75 yards, ended with this play. Motions from right to left. Keeper from Retzloff. Retzloff shakes him off at the five. And the Cougars with one point of tying this ballgame. So Cougars did get that one point, And it was tied 24-24 late in the third quarter. The only score of the fourth quarter came courtesy of Oklahoma. And it came after a BYU turnover. On a third down and four from the BYU 37-yard line, Jake Retzloff was sacked, fumbled on the sack. Danny Stutzman with the strip sack. Jacob Lacey recovered the ball. And in uh, just two plays, it was Jackson Arnold on a keeper for the final score of the game, 31-24. Let's get to our postgame honorees on this day. And we'll start with the Waystar, star of the game. It's brought to you by Waystar, simplifying healthcare payments. Learn more at waystar.com. And I've got a pretty good feeling, hands. We're looking at Aiden Robbins today.
2: Yeah, star of the game, 22 carries, 182 yards. The best game he's had as a BYU Cougar. Nice to see him healthy. Nice to see this rushing game work. And I'm going to tell you, coming out of this Oklahoma game, it makes me feel a little bit more confident headed to Oklahoma State that they might be able to get themselves eligible. The tough thing is, Greg, this was the performance that I wanted to see against West Virginia after that tough Texas game. I wanted to see this type of heart, grit, execution against West Virginia because it would have shown you Iowa State. And then, of course, headed into this game.
1: Let's head down to Talon Alfrey before we get to our metal mark steel man of the game. Talon Alfrey joining us from field level on this senior day for BYU. Talon was BYU's leading tackler today. Ten tackles, seven solo, and uh, Talon popping on the headset. Talon, Greg and hands upstairs. Thanks for taking a minute.
3: Yeah, no problem. How's it going?
1: Oh, it's going okay. Man, it's a tough one today. This was a heartbreaker, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it sure is.
1: It, it just felt like you'd done so many things as a team that you wanted and needed to do. You just don't get the reward at the end of it. How tough is that part of it, knowing how well as a team you guys really did play for pretty much the entire day?
3: Yeah, it's tough. You know, we, we try to come out. We we knew we had a ch- chance to win this game, so it's super tough come out and play. Um, pretty good, obviously not good enough, but super proud of the guys for the way they battled and the way that we uh, stuck in it for all four quarters and you know, played our heart out.
2: Tom, you okay? I saw you go down on the Oklahoma sideline. Or, or How's your body feeling after this one?
3: Body's good, yeah. There's just a little ding, little that's all. Good.
2: I'm interested to know about the safety position room right now. You guys have been through so much this year. I, I can't even imagine what you guys have gone through with different injuries and situations that leave you kind of uh, with a toss-up with the lineup. Take us into the struggles in the safety room this year.
3: Yeah, obviously we were plagued by injuries early on in the in fall camp, um, but a lot of tough guys. We, we knew going into the season we had a lot of guys that we could play with and win with, and so super proud of the guys that have stepped up. Um, obviously we had a couple go down during the season as well. Tanner Walls gone da- went down. Uh, but Crew and Beacon and Raider and, uh, and Press and all have stepped up big time to be able to win a, win a lot of games. And um, Yeah, just super proud of the guys for how they've played so far this season and going to close out the season we, playing strong and playing our heart out.
1: Today's game wasn't at all like these last three games you guys had lost. What was it about this team that that found this reservoir of resiliency today to play the way you did against a really good and ranked Oklahoma team?
3: Yeah, they're a great team. um, But any any team we face, we we believe that we have a shot to win. I think this week we really honed into the basics and fundamentals and um, got back to what we know we can do best. And um, unfortunately the outcome wasn't what we want, but I think it was the belief and the on the drive that we could come out here and do something special
2: so Talon, at what point did you know dylan gabriel would not return to the field and when you found out as a defensive unit i would really like to know what the message was to you guys having jackson arnold in in that game yeah
3: i mean we, i wasn't made aware until you know start of the third quarter um and then we, it's same, it's just, we got to play our game. We got to get after the quarterback. We got to get after the ball. Try and create turnovers, create chaos. Um, just stay the course and not try to. Everyone just has to do their job. That was the message. Just keep doing your job. Don't try to do things out of your out of your job. Just
1: yeah. You waited a long time to play this season. How much do you feel like you've got in the tank for for next week?
3: You gotta gotta feel it back up. We're good. Gonna go all out and yeah. You're right. It has been a, has been a minute since I've been able to play, but. So uh, Super excited to be on the field and grateful for God for giving me, uh, for helping me heal and get me back out here.
1: Well, I think today's effort should help everyone's confidence in a lot of ways because you know you got you need to find one win somehow in one game to play in the postseason. There's a lot on the line for you.
3: Yes, sir. Yeah, we're excited to go down to Oklahoma State and, and get a dub.
1: Tal, thanks for the time today. Thanks, Tal. Have a good one. All right, Tal and Alfie, we appreciate that. Let's get now to our Metal Mart Steel Man of the Game, brought to you by Palmer's Metal Mart. All types of steel products from tube, pipe, rebar, metal roofing, and so much more, jobs big or small. Palmer's Metal Mart is everyone's metal store. A proud sponsor of BYU football, the Palmer's Metal Mart Steel Man of the Game. Hans, who do you like for this one?
2: Well, judge me all you want. I don't care. I'm going to go with Jackson Cravens. The sack was big, and I also want to talk about the interior fight. Jackson Cravens ended up with three tackles. He ended up with the sack. He had a tackle for a loss. And he was the bird dog in the middle. And for a lot of this game, Oklahoma had zero rushing presence. At one point, they were at 45 yards at the half or, or something in that range. And there's Jackson Cravens in the middle just fighting with some of the best offensive linemen in the country. So I loved his effort. And he is the steel man of the game.
1: Our coverage continues from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Final score today is Oklahoma 31 and BYU 24. It is Big O Tires. Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel.
1: All right, back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, Oklahoma 31 and BYU 24, and this was a competitive game from the outset. Uh, At no point in the game did any team have more than a a seven-point lead. It was 7-0 OU, 7-7. 14-7 OU, 14-14. 17-14 OU, 17-17. 24-17 OU, 24-24. And then 31-24 is your final score. BYU did not get the ball back to end the game. The Cougars punted away on their final possession. And it came in the fourth quarter with uh, the Cougs deep in their own territory. Yes, but they did choose to give it back to Oklahoma on the punt on a fourth and seven from the BYU 28, and BYU did not get the ball back. Oklahoma finished in possession. So, and that came by the way with 5:08 remaining in the game. OU held the ball for the final five minutes of the game.
2: So I know that there will be some revisionist history, and you're looking at. The decision to go with Retzloff instead of Slovis and Maybe people are out there second guessing things.
1: I don't, I don't know. I don't know about I, that at all. I, I, I don't think that's uh, that's a question at all right now.
2: Oh, I think people are out there probably thinking it with oh, the, I, with the pick six. No, th- no Retslop gives you no, without
1: Redslop's ground ground game. BYU's not even the team that they were today. I think we, if Slovis is I mean, first of all, you have to acknowledge that Slovis isn't one hundred percent. Yeah. If he was, they might have indeed started him, but he's not. Yeah. So Slovis under hundred versus redslop what he can give you with both. I don't think there's even a question.
2: Yeah, th- but, and that's the point that I was trying to make. Keaton Slovis, I'm sure people are out there. You know, The quarterback that's not on the field is always the guy that's like, man, that guy could have done it. And I just don't think so. In fact, I go back to some of the touchdowns that we were calling in the first half of this game. A lot of the openings and a lot of the movement had to do with Jake Retzlaff's ability to move to the outside, his rushing ability. So I think Jake Retzlaff gave you a... He gave you a wrinkle in this game that was very needed to be in this game. Yeah. So I don't want anybody to try to second guess because, you know, you get sacked and you put the fumble down or you throw the pick six.
1: Uh, yeah, first I, of all, it, there's this question. Would A-Rod have called the same play for Keaton Slovis as he did for Jake Redslop? Well, sir, it was a throw. With a, Yeah, it was a throw.
2: Yeah. He would have yeah. called the same play. He would have called the exact same play. And so I – and, and I wonder what Keaton would have done with it.
1: That's a good point. That you is know, a good question.
2: That's, that's the way and, and we point. were kind of talking yeah. off the
1: air because of where the ball is and it's a first down, yeah. unless you see it golden yeah. wide open, do you even throw that ball? No,
2: you don't even throw it. And, and you know that you ditch it out because, you know, you still have three down yeah. to get into the end zone. But I just think that Jake Retzloff and I talked about this in the pregame with Ben Bagley, you go with Jake Retzloff because he's a gamer You need his rushing ability, and I said, and with that could come some hard times. Hard
1: times like three INTs and two fumbles in three games.
2: Yeah, that's the hard times that you're facing with Jake Retzloff, and he's got to find his his identity, and he's got to make sure that ball security is the most important thing. I'll, I'll go, for instance, Greg, for instance, Oklahoma has to go with an entire second half without Dylan Gabriel, and they've got Jackson Arnold in. Jackson Arnold didn't exactly light the world on fire, but He didn't lose the game for you. He was very, very intelligent with a lot of his decisions um, down the stretch.
1: And and I I really do respect and appreciate the fact that the drive after the 100-yard pick six, Jake Retzloff comes out with his head on straight and leads BYU down the field and scores the uh, the game-tying touchdown.
2: And Mitch brought up the point that Retzloff ran the full 100 yards to try to make the tackle. That's exhausting. When you're running to try to make a tackle, you're, you're straining your abs and you're collapsing your lungs and you're using all the blood flow. And then he goes off to the sideline for a minute and comes back on the field to lead that drive. So it, it needs to be said. And the other thing, this is really important. The other thing, if you're going to beat Oklahoma State, it's going to be Jake Retzloff. And it's just going to be cleaning up a couple of these these turnovers. It, just cleaning those things up. And he, and he can be the factor to beat Oklahoma State and get you a bowl eligible.
1: Break time. We'll tell you that if tailgating is not your thing, but you still want to eat good after the game, JCW's has mouth-watering burgers and shakes the whole family can enjoy. JCW's quality and a lot of it. More from Provo coming up, 31-24 Sooners over the Cougars on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
3: Moving is so stressful. Loading everything in a truck, hoping nothing breaks,
6: and trying to juggle the kids and the dog in the middle of it all is enough to drive anyone crazy. But it doesn't have to be that way. The
3: local movers at Bailey's Moving and Storage have the expertise to move you and the family across town, the state, or even the world. They'll do it fast, and they're very experienced. They've been moving people to and from Utah and beyond since 1952. They even moved
6: BYU Athletics, located in Salt Lake and Orem, or online at baileysallied.com.
5: Say hello to Lisa Valentine Clark.
6: On The Lisa Show, I'm obsessed with figuring out how to live a good life. So I have really taken a lot of time in trying to figure out what are those things that we're all thinking about, that we're all obsessed with, but we're not talking about in the right way. And I want to talk about those things. When we come together and we share honestly and vulnerably how we really feel with the hopes of lifting ourselves and others up, we can do amazing things.
1: Come listen to some Real Talk on The Lisa Show, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Let's rejoin Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Postgame Live on the new skid, BYU Sports Network.
1: It is Big O' Tire's Cougar Postgame Live. BYU going through its Senior Day celebrations right now. Senior Day 2023 ends on a losing note. BYU's lost four games in a row, 31-24 Oklahoma. But uh, brought this point up during the game, Hans. Uh, you know, uh, Kalani was using the word embarrassing to describe the last couple of games for BYU. And there were some embarrassing components of those losses. There was not a thing embarrassing about what BYU put on the field today. Yeah, the turnovers were the game, and they're disappointing, and there will be play calls you'll look at. But in terms of effort and, and ability to show that you're more than what you were, I thought BYU did that. A lot of reasons to be proud about the way this BYU team played today. A loss is a loss. But it was different than what we had seen from BYU. And now they get a chance to go out and show in one final time that what we saw today was not some kind of mirage, that they can replicate this effort against a team. We haven't seen what they'll do today. But last week, Oklahoma State uh, went to UCF and got smoked, got hammered. Now we'll see what they do today at Houston. But that's, the, that, that's how BYU finishes this season. What BYU would like to do is finish games better. Consider that BYU has been shut out in the fourth quarter in five of their last six games. They've got to find more somehow in them to be where they want to be when this thing gets tight.
2: Well, you remember in my Iowa State pregame, I said I'm not worried about the win or worried about the loss. I just want to see improvement from Texas to West Virginia to Iowa State. And then postgame was really discouraging because I didn't see it. What we saw today is what I wanted to see in that West Virginia game, what I wanted to see in that Iowa State game to give me any type of indication that not only that they will get bowl eligible but they deserve to be eligible because texas west virginia and iowa state told me they're not a bowl team those three games told me this is a team that needs to go home and enjoy the holidays together because it's it wasn't a team you you would think should be in a bowl game but after this performance like okay maybe maybe this team does have a spark and maybe they can finish with something great against oklahoma state at least their effort said that to me in this game
1: this one really hurts hands this next number because uh and really wasn't a factor in the last two games the only factor but over the last three games bYU's turned it over six times with zero takeaways and bYU was making its name and getting wins early in the year in part due to takeaways no takeaways over three games
2: yeah, because there was a time where they were top three, top four in interceptions. I think that they're still top ten. I think they're tied for top ten in interceptions. Um, but, the that, but, it, the, but,
1: the, but the takeaway it, number, the the general takeaway number is dipping. They were still they were still top 20 coming into today and in turnovers gained,
2: and that's still with no turnovers, no takeaways in the last three games. Man. Yeah, think about that. Yeah. They had racked it up, man. They had so many corners and safeties with interceptions and logged interceptions, and, and you're right, man, those... Those big plays and momentum grabs, they've, they've just dissolved. Gone away.
1: They've gone away. BYU, by the way, today ran for a season-high 217 rush yards, so back-to-back rushing highs in these last two games. The 390 yards of offense, a new high for an FBS opponent this year. Aiden Robbins, 8.3 yards per carry. That's a career best as Aiden finished with a BYU-high 182 yards on the day. This is Big O Tires Cougar postgame live. Go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We'll return to Lavelle Everett Stadium for more postgame coverage. 31-24 Sooners over the Cougars on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: The dive, the touchdown! You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio.
7: Okay, that's good.
0: Whoa,
4: whoa, Dave! Sorry, I'll go grab some paper towels. You can't let Dave pour things. He works at JCW's. They fill stuff up past the
1: brim over there, like their milkshakes. They're thick, rich, and oh my gosh. Delicious? Oh, no. Dave's filling up Crystal's car for her.
7: Dave,
4: stop! Hey, this is Clark for JCW. Stop into any of our five locations today. We're located in American Fork, Thanksgiving Point, Provo, South Jordan, and our new location in Harriman. Come in and see why at JCW's we believe in quality. And a
1: lot of it.
5: Hey, it's Julie. This week on Top of Mind, fines are the default way we think to punish people and deter bad behavior in America. How well do fines work?
2: The parents in the Dakers were more likely to be late When there was a fine. We're taxing people through the justice system,
3: and we are taxing the people who can afford it least.
5: We are exploring the surprising sides of fines. This week on Top of Mind. Listen anywhere you get podcasts.
0: With more post-game reaction, here's Hans Olsen. And the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. With more Cougar post-game live on the new scheme, BYU Sports Network.
1: Officially a sellout today, 63,000 plus at Lavelle Edwards Stadium for Senior Day 2023. BYU loses a heartbreaker, 31-24 to Oklahoma. Oklahoma picks up its ninth win of the season and uh, BYU picks up its sixth loss of the year and the Cougars have now lost four in a row. It's been a long, long time since BYU's ended the season on a losing streak so a chance to reverse that trend coming up next week in Stillwater. Still haven't seen a game time for that. We'll find out later today what time the Cougars and Cowboys will kick off and it's just an unusual way to this point be at this stage of the season. Novembers have looked very different for obvious reasons in years past and the Big 12 things will look this way. Uh, for the foreseeable future. And B-Way's got to find a way to be ready for these kinds of games, and today they were. hands. That, that was the thing that I think i come back to, was that this team was ready to go today.
2: Well, I, this team should feel good about what they just did, Greg. They should have some pride in the effort that they put out there and having an opportunity down to the last few minutes of this game to win it. The, the hard thing is, and I don't know if everybody's like this. I, every football player I've talked to has some aspect of this where you never forget it. There's moments Greg in my life that I I'll be like laying in my bed at night here as a 40 plus year old man. And I'll think back to that moment in my college career that we had it and that we let it slip away and I'll sit there and cringe in my bed, half asleep at, at 20 years removed because these moments are so big and they and they had it. They they had so many things on the field to win this game. So there's going to be a lot of heartache letting that one slip away. At least the guys that are competitors on this team, it's going to be a lot of heartache.
1: With 10.30 to go in the third, uh, rather with uh, 7.50 to go in the third, BYU began to drive at its own 40-yard line. And it was three straight rushes. Aiden Robbins, 25. Jake Retzloff 11. Aiden Robbins, 22, and that put BYU at the two. They went run, 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 and decided to pass on the first and goal from the two. That will be the, the play everyone discusses for some time until it's put in the rear view, and I couldn't believe I was calling it as I was calling it. I couldn't believe what I had just seen in that situation.
2: Well, I was watching it, and I was hearing you call it, and I still felt like you were lying. <laughs> <laughs> I it was, it was say, surreal Greg, there, Greg. What are you? It was because it was it was picked inside the blue, and and moved. Very the only fast. thing,
1: the only thing you can't do, yeah. On that, it's like the only thing.
2: And then, what was really tough is when you're looking at it and you're looking at all this open field. I mean, we could grow a quarter acre of corn in that in that row where where he ran and, and got that uh, got that touchdown.
1: And I think, uh, I think Jake was going for Cody Epps on the play, was he not, in the end zone? I believe so. Yeah, I think Cody was the intended receiver. Cody Epps has the headset on uh, down on the field level right now. And Cody, since we're talking about that play, first and goal from the two, the play was for you, wasn't it? Uh, no. Or was it well, not? It was an RPO. Was but 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 the throw went to you? Yeah yeah yeah, it yeah. was intended
8: for me. Um, the play was a the play was a RPO. Um, they kind of confused us a little bit because I wouldn't say Jake made a bad read uh, because the, it was nobody essentially over me for the beginning of the play, and then right as Jake snapped the ball, um, the defense ended up handling where, their matchups and where they needed to be, and the guy just made a great play.
1: So jumped it, and yeah. uh, I I I mean, th- there's got to be a helplessness. I mean, clearly you're, you're going to try and take off, but. Uh, you're watching somebody head the other way when you guys had everything going your way. That had to be a, a crucially hard moment for you and the guys to have to recover from.
8: Yeah, it was pretty frustrating. Just, you know, just, you know, like, you got to chase a dude down, and I'm like, dude, we got all the way down here. But um, it's a part of the game, man. You... you, you just look for those opportunities to get back on the field, um, catch our breath, catch our second win, and, and get back out there and ready to compete.
1: That's um, a, the game. The game wasn't over. The no, game wasn't yeah, yeah. over. It, 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 and, and you scored on the next drive.
8: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's a part of adversity. Is literally a part of the game. It's a part of your everyday life, but especially in football, it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and just how long you can hold a momentum swing. Um, that's what it comes down to.
2: Cody there were 217 yards rushing outside of the 173
8: they couldn't stop Aiden all day like they were they were they were uh, Aiden was gashing them um, every almost every time we handed him off the ball we had some RPOs where we would get a guy going out to where Jake could either run it hand it off to Aiden or or throw it and it was money all day so A-Rod that, kudos to A-Rod um, coach Fessy coach Mitch all the guys putting that in because we were gashing them today with Aiden.
1: Aiden Robbins uh, started the season a little banged up. They put him on the shelf for a while. Did you have any doubts uh, as his teammate that when he came back, you'd see the guy that uh, that was rushing for 1,000 yards at, uh, at UNLV last year?
8: No. I mean, we watch our practice every day. The dude's a baller. Um, he does what he needs to do. He comes in. He competes um, every single day at practice. Um, and he always, he always tries to bring energy and pump us up um, and make us feel alive when we're in the game and then when we're at practice. So there was no doubt in my mind it was just about when it was going to crack. Um, same thing with me, I bet. A lot of people didn't think I would, you know, have a game like I had today. But it's just about, just about keep pushing and keep pursuing. To everybody out there, just keep going. Keep going. Every time you get those opportunities um, and your name is called, just keep going.
2: Cody, I love talking to you in the post game because you're so honest and you give such a great perspective. I, I'm curious just as a bystander, guy that's up here analyzing things. After the pick six, Greg talked about the ensuing drive. I want to know, what was Jake Retzloff – like in the huddle in that moment just as he ran 100 yards to try to make the tackle and now he's coming out after the pack six or, or the pick six what was jake retzloff like in that next drive and and to finish the game
8: i mean you just you just called everything out which you just commentated i mean that's a to me that's a top level competitor somebody that's going to battle through adversity i mean you throw a pick you, you're the one chasing to do down a hundred a hundred and 50 million yards, gas and gasping for air, but you get to the sideline, you know they're about to kick off and we're about to get the ball right back. So, I mean, that if that doesn't exemplify his character and put on display who, who he is as a person, who he is as a football player, um, then I don't know what does.
1: Did you, were you, and have, do you have to be ready on every RPO that the ball may come your way?
8: Oh yeah, heck yeah. You never want to not be ready. Those are the plays that you always want to be keyed in on what's going on and where the ball is.
1: And the first throw you got today was a ball you probably wanted back on the sideline, wasn't it? Yeah, there's a
8: couple and, of those. And you going
1: but you got chances. You got chances after that. They kept the kept throwing the ball to you and then the the catches kept coming. Do you feel like you kind of are clipping along now like this? I it, it hates I hate that it's game 11, right? But but do you go, "Okay, I'm back to where I need to be."
8: Yeah, I mean, but it comes down to to me, I have to capitalize off the off anything that I receive. I mean, uh, like I said, a lot of people um, w- w- didn 't expect Aiden or the offense or or individual players like myself um, to have games just because of how we had games in the past, but i mean it 's just the everyday grind, just the everyday coming in here, the opportunity that we have to play Oklahoma and Lavelle, um for the seniors that won 't be able to play on this team anymore um, and to keep having opportunities i mean there 's no better um, stumping grounds and learning grounds um, for people that you're going to put into society to develop and change the world, then there are football players that go through the adversity that we go through and to keep pursuing and keep pushing. So.
2: Cody, it was nice to see a full complement of receivers, man. And and just coming out of this, so Roberts, Lasseter, you, Keanu, it was uh, Keelan, Parker. It, it was a full complement of receivers. Did you feel like you got out of this thing healthy? And And what does that do for you guys now as you prepare to finish things off against Oklahoma State?
8: Um, just keep having fun. I think it was so cool just to see everybody get in there, everybody get opportunities, everybody blocking, everybody handling their assignments. I don't think we got yelled at one time for anybody missing the assignment, running the wrong play or running the wrong route. So it was just amazing to see everybody in there and just having fun, man. Like At the end of the day, of course, of course, of course, victory and winning is number one, period, point blank. But just, just to do it with your brothers, to have fun out there, and like you said, for everybody to be out there and, and you'll you be able to catch a win and catch a break and somebody go in there, but at the same time you're watching them and to see if they're, if they're performing and they're doing well is so fun for me, um, especially a young guy like Parker, um, especially seeing Darius come back, especially seeing Kebo come back. Um, so it's amazing to have our group, and I think, I think we're ready.
1: Well, you get one more shot at victory next week, Cody, and a chance to get bowl eligible down in Stillwater. Best of luck to you and the guys as you prep, and uh, I know you guys will empty the tank. Yeah, yeah, thank you.
8: Appreciate you so much.
1: Thank you, Cody. Cody Epps with us. We'll take a break. Hope to hear from Jake Retzloff on the other side on the new skin, BYU Sports Network
0: tis the season for mountain america triple rewards earn three times the points on every rewards credit card purchase and sing triple all the way until december 31st then triple treat yourself after the holidays with your extra points the more rewards the merrier go to macu.com slash triple or visit a mountain america branch to apply today membership required based on eligibility loans on approved credit offers can change or be withdrawn at any time limited time offer business cards not
1: eligible sorry for
0: some reason that came
5: out backwards here's the right button
1: open your mind to new ideas and fresh concepts with byu radio we cut through the clutter and noise to give you a positive look at the world in which we live an ever-changing always evolving world that's never boring Download the BYU Radio app or listen wherever you get your podcasts. Oops. Keep life moving forward with BYU Radio.
0: You're listening to Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Now back to Greg Rubel.
1: Greg and Hans in the broadcast booth, Mitchell Jurgens down on the field and helping us facilitate our post-game interviews. We hope to hear from Jake Retzloff in a moment. We heard from Cody Epps a second ago. Hans, your thoughts on what Cody had to share uh, post-game?
2: Well, I am interested in that RPO call and what Jake Retzloff saw and what he ended up throwing as he pulled and had the option to throw to Cody. I just thought that interaction was really interesting, Greg. You know, you kind of laid it out there. Like, you were targeted on that, right? And he was like, oh, well, yeah, I was targeted, but it was a good read. He called it a good read by Jake Retzloff. Um, again, going back to pregame, I talked about it. Oklahoma gives you some passing options. They do. They give you passing options, and, and teams have capitalized on those passing options. But you can't always believe what you see against Oklahoma. There's a reason they have 18 interceptions on the year. They're very good in that moment.
1: All right, Jake Gretzloff is popping on the headset at field level. BYU 30 falls to Oklahoma 31-24. Jake, thanks for taking a minute with Greg and hands up here upstairs for a second. Wow, I don't know where to start in a lot of ways. What's more of you right now, Jake? More of, man, I'm proud of my guys, or or what if?
7: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's more of. Uh, I think I'm more I'm proud of my guys. I'm really proud of the way these guys fought. I'm really proud of... You know, all the scrutiny we've gotten with our own line and those guys played their butt off today. And uh, we ran the ball really well with Aiden, and our receivers made plays also. I'm really proud of this group. <laughs> you know, you want to come out with the win there. And uh, it was a super anticlimactic ending. I uh, wish we got the ball back there with a the chance to go win it. But um, I'm really proud of these guys. And, of course, super disappointed. I think, I'm, I think I'm really proud now, and I'll watch the tape and be a little disappointed. 200 and
1: 217 rushing yards against a ranked team. That's a heck of a defense out there. Aiden got going. You got it going. Did you have any idea that this could be the kind of day you guys had running the football after a good week last week?
7: Yeah, I, I really love what we do run, in our run game, and we've evolved throughout the year. Aiden runs really, really hard, and I'm super proud of him, uh, you know, and it makes it easy for me to run the ball. You know, when he takes all the attention, I just trying to find the open space. Um, and it kind of worked in the other way around towards the uh, second half of that game. I was starting to take attention. He had all that space. So it was it was really fun uh, running the ball with that guy, and he, he's a dog.
1: Your first rushing touchdown as a BYU Cougar. You got your first passing touchdown last week and a couple more today. Um, it's, it's a game that had wild swings. No one led by more than – or Oklahoma never led by more than seven points. You were just there the whole way today, Jake, and that had to be really encouraging.
7: Yeah, it was. I think we fought really hard today. I think we had a nice – a great energy on the sideline and on the field we played a little little swag which is good but uh you know we'll, we'll see the tape and see what we can do to fix this one and come back next week stronger
2: so jake i'm curious about that strip sack that comes from a linebacker off the right side of the defense your blind side left side of the offensive line is that a backer that you've got eye responsibility for or is that an unblocked guy kind of take us through that strip sack and how that that went down
7: yeah, uh, I was looking to my right side. Uh, you know, that was a really nice little blitz they put together with, that, uh, with the jack drop in there uh, in the coverage, and that kind of got us. You know, we kind of talk about how sometimes you get the bear, sometimes the bear gets you, In uh, that moment they got us there. You know, I expect to have that ball out quicker. You kind of see me go to throw the ball, and I didn't, and I wanted to get it out, but uh, we just couldn't get it done. And, you know, it was just a tough blitz and a good play by the defense.
1: Uh, on the first turnover, did Aiden think he was getting the handoff, and did you, and were you giving it off, or was that just a, a, a mesh thing?
7: No, that was just me. I, I was ready to pitch it instead of you know hand, instead of you know making sure I had the ball first.
1: Okay, and then uh, let's go to first and goal from the two. Um, it, 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 it sounded like it was an RPO. What did you see approaching the snap in the play? Kind of take us through from your perspective.
7: Uh, we went tempo there really fast trying to get him going and they were scrambling and that guy scrambled and made a good play. You don't usually see that. That was a heck of a play out of that guy.
2: That was incredible movement. So the, the, the initial view of what you saw was
7: to, to pull and to throw there. Yeah, it looked like there was nobody around Cody Epps and he's a good receiver. So I was going to throw him a touchdown, but that guy made a really good play.
1: And was it RPO? Yes. Yeah. And then at that point you're trying to make a play. Uh, and you, you ran all the way to try and do it. Um, there's no doubt that you, you you had one objective in mind there, right?
7: Yeah, there's no doubt.
2: Did you need some oxygen after that? I mean, oh. that's, that's <laughs> a long one, Jake.
7: Yeah, that was a long run. Uh, I like to run the other direction. <laughs> <long runs. laughs> Not that one. Um, but, yeah, that was a long run. I was trying to make a play for the team, hopefully get our defense on the field, and came up just short, and then... Had to get right back on the field and, go, and then go score.
1: And, and that's the thing. The most important drive, I thought, like, was the next drive of the game. And you did score a touchdown. And it was a ball game again. And there was a lot of time left. You came right back into it.
7: Yeah. No, I was really proud of the way our guys responded to adversity. Uh, that's a big thing in college football especially. Momentum is like no other in this, in this conference and in college football in general. So it was just really, really I'm, – I'm happy and proud to see the way our guys said, you know what, whatever, let's go get them now. You know what, so what, let's go get it.
2: Hey, Jake, I did want to ask this because I- – we talked a little bit about the blocking up front from the offensive line, but it felt like the gaps were just more open. Did you make some blocking tweaks offensively in the run game, or did you just do the same thing you've been doing all year, but it just worked this time?
7: Uh, it just worked this time. I think our guys have really taken, you know, ownership of, uh, you know, blocking that run play, and it was uh, it was schemed up really nice when we had the option to pull. So those guys, they're kind of like second guessing their decisions. and They can't play on their toes when we keep those linebackers on their heels. We got a good shot. Uh, So that's what we kind of did there, and Aiden had some really nice gashes throughout the game, and I thought he ran the ball really well. I was proud of that guy and that group in front of him.
1: Did you think there was any shot? Aaron might keep the ball in your hands on 4th and 7 from the BYU 28, five minutes to go?
7: Maybe, but our defense has been playing really well in the second half, and, uh, you know, there's no problem. You know, we use analytics, and uh, what the analytics tell us there is punt the ball and let our defense go to work. We thought there was plenty of time. We thought we had a shot. Uh, But, you know, they made a nice little play on 3rd and long that you know it's just a really nice play. And, yep. Uh, wish we could got, wish we could have got the ball, the ball back and made it more exciting, but it, unfortunately we didn't.
2: So now let's talk about this. You've still got an opportunity to go six and six to get yourself eligible as you head on the road. Help BYU fans understand what your perspective and your preparation will look like to get you ready for the next week's game.
7: Uh, you know, another opportunity ahead of us. That's just how you got to approach it. We got a great opportunity and a great chance to go extend our season and you know that's what we really want to do um i think that's what all of cougar nation wants to do so going out there and uh being able to extend the season we're excited for it uh and we're ready for it you know a lot of guys down here we're proud of the way we fought uh didn't come up with the win but uh saw a lot of good things on the field and we're ready to go attack next week you and the guys
1: showed a lot, Jake. You're right. Thank you, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week in Stillwater. Appreciate you guys. All right, thank you, Jake. Jake Retzloff with us, Big O Tires. Cougar post game live continues on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
0: With more post game reaction, here's Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. With more Cougar post game live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
1: actually ranked Oklahoma came into Provo and got a game from BYU 31 24 is your final Sooners surviving this one and they did have to survive this was a 24 24 ball game the Sooners scored the only points of the fourth quarter it was 7 7 after one 17 17 uh, after two it was 24 24 after three and the Sooners win it by that final touchdown margin. at down the field level now. BYU linebacker A.J. Von Pachon is joining us now on this senior day. A.J., Greg, hands upstairs. Thanks for popping on the headset. And, yes, just a one season leading into your senior day here at BYU. But I know the theme uh, talking to the guys has been pride and how everybody responded to a really tough challenge today.
9: Yeah, yes, sir. Appreciate you having me. And, uh, yeah, like you said, you know, we – we just wanted to come out here and you know prove that you know we if we just did our job consistently enough that you know it was never about the other team it was always about us
2: take us into this day for you aj you know big senior day and i'm sure a lot of realization and family and hugs and friendship what 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 was kind of the the emotion coming into this game and and some of the post-game emotion that you're dealing with
9: yeah honestly i just treated it like in any other game especially coming into the game and honestly throughout the game and um, you know, it honestly didn't hit me until kind of after we did the, you know, kind of the senior senior day walk, and you know, I kind of realized, you know, this is my last game in Lavelle. But uh, you know, I wouldn't want it any other way. You know, obviously, you want the win, but uh, you know, I wouldn't want to any other group of guys. So
1: BYU has, uh, you know, early in the season, AJ, you guys were making your name on takeaways. The takeaways have been harder to come by uh, of late. Um, your thoughts on, on why things aren't going that way for you as a defense in terms of takeaways?
9: Yeah, honestly, that's a good question, and you know, I, I think. You know, sometimes it just doesn't go our way. And, you know, we, we've been searching for those takeaways, you know, very hard, especially in practice, you know, preaching that. and But, uh, you know, we definitely need to get, get better in that area and just uh, come up with those takeaways in key moments. So
2: take us into the moment that Jackson Arnold takes the field to start the second half and no Dylan Gabriel. How much did that change what you guys were looking at defensively? Because – really engaging in that fourth quarter. They started a run game that was really difficult to stop. I just want to know what your defense's thought process was when there was no Dillon.
9: Yeah, we we knew that they were going to try to run the ball, obviously, with the the new quarterback in there and kind of rely heavy on their backs. You know, that's exactly what they did. And we just, uh, you know, just needed to be better, especially in the run early on, especially when he came in.
1: At the end of the game, all the offense is looking for is a chance to get the ball back. And uh, credit to OU. They made a couple of plays to make sure they finished the game with the football. That's tough to see when the offense is not going to get that shot, are they?
9: Yeah, 100%. You know, we need to be better, especially in that situation, uh, you know, step up and come up big there. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we can't, you know, change anything now. We just got to, you know, fix it, especially going through this next week.
2: AJ, how important is it to you to beat Oklahoma State next week?
9: You know it's super important obviously it's the you know last regular season game and you know we're still searching for that sixth win and you know I know the guys you know understand the situation and you know we're just eager to get going.
2: I also saw that Chaz Ayu gets to start at linebacker kind of take us through that decision the week of preparation how it lands on Chaz Ayu and how did you feel Chaz did today?
9: Yeah obviously you know that's that's more of a coach's decision than anything and you know but we're excited that you know he was getting his opportunity you know especially back at home and you know I thought he did really well and You know, obviously, um, you know, we just got to keep progressing and keep going forward.
1: You know, uh, AJ, the way BYU lost these last three games before today, you never really knew what today would look like. But now that today looked like the way it did, how much does that give you in terms of a shot in the arm and a confidence that, yeah, we're going to go to Stillwater and and the game OU got today is the game OSU is going to get next week and this thing's not over?
9: Yeah, it gives us confidence, but at the end of the day, you know, we knew it was always us. At the end of the day, just you know, not being assignment sound, you know, not doing our job, not doing our 111th, and you know, obviously we came out here, and you know, I thought we did a better job. We just got to um, you know execute better in key areas.
1: Is it? Uh, is it? I'm not gonna say it's cool, but is it? Is it uh, motivating to know that this is a 60-minute game with everything on the line in terms of if you want to play one more game, you got to win this next one.
9: 100%. You know, like you said, you know, we're playing for something, and you know, it's that extra game, and you know, who doesn't want to play an extra game with these group of guys? All
1: right. Finally, how did the early day work out for you guys? 10 a.m. A 10 a.m. kickoff is not normal, but it was kind of a cool. It was. It was kind of a neat vibe out there today.
9: Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I played in two at Utah State, and uh, you know. I, at first, you know, like, you're going you not want to wake up that early before a game. But, uh, you know, I thought it was really, really nice just to wake up and, you know, get things going. So, A.J., I'm just curious now.
2: So you you have the family. You get some post-game. Like, what do you – when do you start to engage on some of the film review? And how quick do you get into Oklahoma State?
9: Yeah. I, you know, I think, you know, we can start as early as tomorrow. You know, honestly, we are very eager to get this, you know, sixth win. And, uh, you know, tomorrow is kind of a technically off day, but, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the guys I know are going to take it upon themselves to just, you know, watch that film and, uh, you know, make the corrections themselves before we actually meet as a team.
1: AJ, good luck in the rehab and getting ready for, uh, for Oklahoma State, and we look forward to seeing you and the boys play in Stillwater next week. Thank you. Yes, Thanks, sir. Appreciate AJ. You. All right, thank you. AJ Vongpachon on this senior day, one of the seniors saying so long to BYU. We'll come back and welcome you back to Big O Tire's Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
2: I'm.
0: Post-game coverage of BYU football continues with the BYU Creamery Cougar Post-Game Coaches Show. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. The postgame game Coaches Show is also brought to you by Economics Partners, a national leader in business valuation services. Learn more at econpartners.com. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Oklahoma 41, BYU 34. Today's final score from a sold-out Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yes, there were some empty seats, but uh, technically and officially it was a sellout for BYU. Greg Rubel and Hans Olsen upstairs. We'll hear from Kalani Sitake forthcoming. Before Kalani, we'll get into Brent Venable's postgame comments out of the OU locker room hands. We talked with A.J. and Brett Retzloff and Cody Epps in postgame interviews. Your thoughts in particular on the Retzloff interview as he's just gone through his third
2: start as Cougars quarterback. Man, Greg... Um I really like that kid, and, and I, he does give you hope for Oklahoma State. But I want to really walk into that pick six that was thrown on the two-yard line and went for 100 yards. I, I mean, really analyze that, okay, because there's a couple of things that you have to look at. Now, both Cody Epps and Jake Retzloff admitted that that's an RPO. Well, what's an RPO? It's a run-pass option. That's a offensive staff that put it in his hands but basically said if the run is there give the ball to Aiden that's that's what it is you're on the 2 yard line if i've got an if i'm a quarterback and i've got an rpo okay i'm glad i get the rpo call good i'm i'm glad because i want the option but i'm on the 2 yard line that's my job to hand it don't throw it hand it
1: no so, pull you've just in, run into no that pull. position
2: you just hand that ball off and you let it go downhill so this is really an interesting um, just conversation in the world of football. You've got Jake Retzloff, who is a very smart kid. You've got him on the two-yard line. You've got Oklahoma on the ropes. You're on a Russian roll, and you give him a play where he gets to make the decision, knowing that he's been in that position and that he should know enough. I'm on the two-yard line to hand that ball off. That is not a called pass. That was not a planned throw. That was a hurry up. Get on the line of scrimmage. It was tempo. Take the snap, and now I'm going to make the read. Look, I don't care. I'm, I'm taking that snap, and I'm handing that ball off. That's his decision to make in that moment. And so I, I look, I, I want to put weight on Aaron Roderick. I always feel like it's more comfortable to put it on, on the coordinator. The coordinator made the call to make the run the lead play.
1: But he also gave him an the option. The option. But he also gave him an option on the play. He could have called straight handoff.
2: Could have called straight handoff, but I think that it's kind of like a hey, I really trust you and and, and, and it is run. his
1: package. That that is yes. that is yes. Jake's package.
2: And that's what they scored with multiple right. times. So he's moving up and down the field yeah. and he's making those decisions and he's scoring with them. So you give him that opportunity to make that call and in that moment he made the decision to pull and throw out to Cody Epps for the pick six. So people can be as mad as they want at Aaron Roderick. They can be as mad as they want at Jake Retzloff. The truth is Oklahoma hid their defensive coverage. I think that they were hopping to jump that route. I think that this is a really good backfield. Obviously 18 picks on the year. You just... As soon as I get the RPO call, I'm thinking I'm not even thinking pass on the two yard line. I'm not even thinking pull. I'm thinking give, give, tempo, give.
1: And you had an Oklahoma safety that could have sold out for the run that didn't in that play.
2: Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. The way things have been he's, going, they could have
1: been a, thinking yeah. we, we are going to get exactly. a run from Aiden Robbins up the middle here, and yes. I'll, be, I'll cheat toward I'll cheat toward the back. He instead, the he jumps route. the
2: route. Yeah. He jumped the route. It's like how, how is that even possible that in that moment that guy thought, no, 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 you know, I know they're on the two, and I know that they've won 24 consecutive rushes, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to jump this route.
1: Let's see what uh, Brent Venables had to say about the game, and I'm sure he'll address the play. Let's see what he has to say as we hear comments from Oklahoma's head coach before we hear from Kalani here in Provo.
6: I'd like to first just uh, say what a heck of an effort that was by uh, BYU. Uh, Coach had no surprise. They have played really well at home. And uh, they've been. I think they're outscored their opponents 41 to 10 on forced turnovers. And uh, today we outscored them 21 to zero on turnovers. Big, obviously, a huge part in the, in the game. Uh, we've outscored our opponents 91 to three uh, off of turnovers in our nine wins uh, this season. So uh, really uh, proud of the guys the way um, they battled from the beginning to the end. There was. Um, We were uncharacteristically um, not uh, gap sound uh, several times. And uh, we did work uh, option. And we had two kind of plans. One of them um, was good enough to win, but not very good plan. But our guys overcame that and played a little better in the second half. Again, had a three-play drive, four-play drive, had a pick six, uh, and that drive got all the way down there. What a heck of a play by Billy! And then a forced fumble. um, You know, the very next drive, Danny uh, knocks it loose, and then uh, and then another uh, three and out. uh, The very next drive, so gotten a little bit of a rhythm, got some confidence, a little sound, more sound in the in the run game. And uh, Dylan, again, in the offense, it was playing good, uh, playing well. Again, you know, all things considered, and uh, you know, had I think he was 13 uh, of 21, I believe, or just under 200 yards, had a couple of touchdowns, no interceptions, and um, he's got an upper body uh, injury, but uh, I think he'll be be back and available uh, pretty quick. But Jackson came in and just did a little, a lot of little stuff the right way, you know, protected the football. You know, chewed up some yards, made good decisions, distributed it really well. Guys played well around him. You know, had the chance, we had the double move, and it was wide open uh, for the two touchdown lead there. And just got a little anxious. Uh, he was so wide open. But uh, you know, red zone <laughs> offense was was, was uh, really good today. Um, obviously, we missed uh, one of the field goals uh, down there. But you know, the one that they were two out of three, and uh, the one that we stopped, obviously, was the was the pick six. Um, Danny, I don't know, I think he had 10 plus tackles. You know, he's on IBs, literally, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't think he was going to play, but he said he was going no matter what. I think he had a little bit of flu bug, and you know, I was really sick all day yesterday, last night, this morning, you know, wasn't able to join us for much of anything. And, but you know, he's like, I'm, my butt's playing. And uh, I've cleaned it up a little bit uh, for him, but that's what you love. And everybody loves about about Danny. This is a team that likes to play. They like to compete. Um, we don't always coach them perfect. You know, we got a lot to get better at. You know, we had several false start penalties today, but we did take care of the football. Difference in the game, uh, and again, the defense um, continued to fight. You know, they've played pretty pretty dang good um, on the on the season. So this is one of those moments where if they're not prepared for the worst case scenario mentally and physically, if they don't have good leadership, uh, things could go south there in the second half and just not, uh, could get pretty splintered and uh, that's not how they responded. They they responded like, like you would want them to, like a champion would do and um, a group of guys that are highly, highly invested and they care about uh, each other. They care about their opportunity and they care about, um, their their product they put out on the field and so they um, you know, they took ownership and, uh, and and figured stuff out there in the second half so uh, fantastic you know I think Rondale got his first uh, fumble uh, recovery and and Gavin that's his third straight hundred uh, yard plus game so he was fantastic broke some a lot of tackles and the offensive line was was really good uh, for for most of the day and. Uh, you know, Caden Green was, you know, he was a, a manimal out there, uh, really uh, fantastic for, again, a, a true freshman on the offensive line to have the kind of success that he has. But um, we're going to flip the script and get right to uh, uh, TCU on a short week. And as I told the team, we feel sorry for you. We've been, you know, our guys have had, you know, knowledge of again, what the schedule is, so Got to do a great job of taking care, of, you know, their bodies and get them, get them back right, mind, body, and spirit. But they got to be able to refocus and recommit and put everything they got, you know, into finishing uh, the season, uh, regular season, the right way, and get them to be a, a, a very talented TCU team. That um, I'm not sure what they're doing today uh, as far as how they're playing and whatnot. But it's a team that uh, they can beat anybody on their schedule. And uh, took, I think, Texas down to the wire here. Uh, week or so ago, and uh, so you know, we're going to have to uh, recover quickly and uh, get our mind on uh, the next opponent. When did you know uh, Dylan wasn't going to be available? Half time. And what was just your confidence in Jackson? Oh, I man, I, I mean, it sounds easy now, but again, Jackson is not a, a nervous, anxious, might be anxious and overconfident, maybe speeding stuff up, you know, maybe intermesh or something like that but he's um, uh, he's put the work in and, uh, and he wasn't the moment wasn't too big for him the players around him uh, they knew that too and I as I told him in the, in the locker room uh, unfortunate for Dylan but you know what a great example you know you're the backup quarterback and you've true freshmen so sometimes they're young and immature Jackson's not uh, but it'd be easy week whatever this is since we started fall camp you know, 13, 14 of the season, and then not be prepared for the moment here late this season. I, I haven't played yet. They're going to redshirt me. And that's not how he operates. He's a winner. Um, he's got tremendous courage and a belief in himself and belief in the guys around him and trust in the system. And a uh, great job just executing, doing a lot of little things, making it look easy. I think, the was that the first snap that he almost fumbled?
3: Second. Second. Second, Second.
6: Second series. Uh, other than that, and uh, we didn't fumble it, uh, thank goodness, but um, really, really good, and that's a lot of fun. You know, we practice on taking the knee uh, every Friday, and um, players get all excited and taking three knees there. So uh, you don't get to do that a whole lot in this game, and so coming on the road and, uh, you know, being the type of game that was, that was, that was a lot of fun to see those guys, you know, do exactly that. Brent, right right on that Bowman's play, how big was that because they're driving they at the I mean that, yeah, that's such a think? huge play well they have yeah we were. I think it's appropriate to say we were on our heels and um, you know they were tempoing and we were trying to play tempo defense note to self if they're playing tempo offense you gotta make sure that you bring the tempo defense uh, on the road and um, but they did a great job he was in great position exactly where he's supposed to be and uh, fantastic play and showed a speed that quarterback can can fly and uh he did a great job there in the play. Billy said after the game he was supposed to blitz on that play. That, no, that was so – that that I'm glad he didn't because there was three of them out there. <laughs> I mean, he's actually the cover guy. We had uh, another backer. They have a rule, and there's three of them that uh, somebody else takes his place. So, he did what he was supposed to do accidentally.
5: <laughs> Brent, can you talk
4: about that third down throw? To ice the game that Jackson did, he had a similar situation in Kansas. Run, use their last timeout, or throw the ball for the first down. Talk about the mindset, and then trusting Jackson to make that throw and Jaleel's
5: catch as well.
6: Yeah, again, I think I think it's fair to say that we all learn, you know, through through uh, some adversity or some tough moments, and um, having the confidence and the faith and calling those things. Let's go win the game, uh, and the, all the players that involved. The line that blocks, the center that snaps, the quarterback that takes it and goes through his reads, and the patience to get it open, the the strain that Jalil showed in tight coverage to make the play and finish it all the way to the ground, even though they light you up, and uh, and so a lot goes. And and again, the you know uh, the faith in the play caller and Coach Levy to uh, to put him in that position there. So, uh, great job by by you know everybody there. Brent, you, you talked in- about Sawchuck uh, the. the- the two runs there at the end of the third quarter to finally get some offensive momentum going. How important were those specifically? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's always part of it. You know, just keep hammering away, maybe you wear them out. You know, you, you know, find a seam, find a hole, pop a run, break a tackle. You know, early in the season, we didn't break a ton of tackles. And um, at times we have. But consistently, that second and that third level, have not been our friend uh there and running the football and uh but you know late in the game that's when you want to be your strongest late in the season that's when you want to be you know uh you know your strongest and um and so couldn't come at a better time you know some of the things that he was able to do there in the late in the third and the fourth quarter as
4: a defensive guy how do you look at a game like today where you probably give up more yards on the ground yeah you were wanting to, but you were uh, able to come away with Yeah, you? I mean, I, again, really
6: proud. Again, the two turnovers, um, we did play a little better in the second half. Uh, so I, I recognize that. I recognize the work and, um, you know, the faith that the guys uh, continue to have. And, you know, they're the ones out there straining and fighting and taking on blocks and making plays. And uh, so, but the two turnovers were huge. I, I love that, you know, and I love uh, the grit and the toughness that responding you know if if they had four or five drives of eight ten plays in the second half I'd uh I'd still take I'd still be happy with the dub but um got perspective on it again I don't like holding on and maybe we didn't hold on uh first half we we had no game control whatsoever on defense and uh did again some small subtle adjustments we did some things a little better and uh, but they got hot today, and, and uh, we were, again, on our heels. But super proud of the guys for, you know, keep on fighting. Well, is it realistic that, that Dylan might be back for? It's a short week. Is, there, is yeah. it realistic that he might be back for that game? Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, we'll, we'll see how it all goes. You know, I really honestly haven't. Spoken to anybody you know since the, the halftime. Then it was a it was a good game for Jaden Gibson. I mean he gets yeah. to score, and you know he kind of alternates in there, but he always makes a play.
7: Yeah, he's getting
6: he's gotten a lot better, hadn't he? He's yeah. grown up and he's matured. Proud of him. Uh, you know he wasn't ready for all that last year. He'll be the first one to tell you, but um, he's really matured and still has you know a lot of maturing to do. But he, he's got a great frame. He's put in a lot of work. He is competitive. He does like to play. He likes blocking. He's um, created a, a role for himself in the special teams because he's been more accountable, more detailed, and he shows up with a good attitude. So this game will, uh, this game will honor you when you do those things. You have that kind of a mindset and that kind of an attitude, and the, and the selflessness that it takes, and showing up every day, you know, prepared and ready to compete. Their run game—they looked like they were doing a lot of cutbacks. Was that just something? They were doing a little bit of everything. They did—they did inside zone. They were running mid zone. Uh, they ran a little bit of counter early, and then they had the quarterback, you know, had triple option and some of the swap zone read keep game. And, you know, with, we, we just didn't do a good job of, of getting these guys in position to, uh, you know, to fit the gaps and really poor, really, really poor, uncharacteristic. You know, some of the things they had a few new wrinkles, but not much, you know, they, not enough to, you know, you know we're not giving an excuse for nothing. You know, and you got to be able to count to to three or four. You know, sometimes they'll get four guys over on one side if they motion them and they swap them and do all that. And when you don't, you know, this game will punish you. You know, we had several times we're in position and we didn't make the play and just sloppy tackling at times and just letting them, again, chew up time and, and clock and, uh, you know, the grass and yardage and field position. And uh, But we made enough, again, we made enough stops there and forced – um a couple of punts and then uh three punts in the second half and had two turnovers and uh then obviously they uh they had uh, you know a touchdown drive there in the second half so a little better but and i just it it pains you as a, a defensive coach when people are having uh, success running the football and getting you in a lot of you know third and medium third and short kind of situations and they did a good job in some in some of the things that they were doing, you know, for RPO world and stuff like that. So uh, we got to get them better, quick.
0: Well, more, the, two more, two more. The
6: uh, chess match with the late substitutions when they're on offense and you're on defense—did that work to your benefit? Um, I don't know. Guys, I don't I'll pay attention to it. At, or, I'm sorry. One delay of game be out of it, I think. For them, yeah. yeah. Again, I think that they would, in a perfect world, offense is, they want, they want to make sure they got enough time, they're not hurried. The rules are such, you know, if they substitute, you can substitute. They give you a certain amount of time to substitute. So we're always looking to keep guys fresh. You know, we don't have this crazy game plan to, you know, to screw them. But, you know, if they make a late sub, it can really hurt them. You know, if they change their mind late, it, it can hurt an offense. Uh, because the rules are going <coughs> to protect the defense's opportunity to to match up.
2: Ryan, is a game like today more indicative of the parity everywhere, no, than I don't just think, how tough it is to win on the
6: road? I don't know. It's probably a little bit of everything, Barry. Um, uh, you know, and then again, you know, I we obviously didn't work. I, I, I take it, I put it on us as coaches first. Uh, that's indicative of that. Not um, and I'm just talking about the defensive guys again putting them in a better position, working some things more. Uh, and uh, and then, again, we'll, the players will take the right accountability, too. It's uh, to a really mature group of guys. And then the others, again, they've played well at home. Uh, their back's are against the wall. Now, are you on the road? I don't know. I'm not looking for anything. There ain't no excuses. Uh, so what it is indicative of and all that, you know, they've shown at times, again, they – uh, you know, this season they they beat they went to Arkansas at the beginning of the year. I don't, you know, whatever that means, but they went on to the SEC and the SEC right, and uh, they won that game. And then they beat, um, you know, pretty good Texas Tech team. That's they've beaten several good people. Texas Tech has, and they smashed them right out here. Uh, it was twenty four seven at one time, and um, so I think that you know they and they of course they lost the quarterback. You know, and this is a backup guy's his third start. Uh, I don't like him having success what he what he had but they had way too many the you know explosive runs and things like that but uh, you know it was a little bit of um, it was a lot of them and then it was some of us as coaches and as players we got to be better and um, and there's probably there is there's some you know parody but I I lo- love coach um, what he does what he's about um, he's a you know, a former player here. They take great pride. They get very passionate. We gave them some, a little bit of hope early, and a great atmosphere. This is this is a really cool place, um, and um, the players showed that they have great belief and great pride. You know, in you know the jersey they put on. You know, every. All
1: right, that's uh, Brent Venables, head coach of Oklahoma, with some gracious words about uh, BYU playing here, and about Kalani Sitake, who's popped on the headset and joins us now. This is the BYU Creamery Cougar Post Game Coaches Show brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. That was Coach Venables. This is Coach Satake. Kalani, thank you. And um, you've sat with this for a bit. Um, how's it sitting with you now?
5: Yeah, just uh, just feelings of missed opportunity. Yeah, and um, proud of the guys, uh, you, you know, but the, the um, man, just, just uh, looking at it, it, it was probably, you started feeling it when we were, able to run the ball in the second half and, and it seemed like Aiden was just getting chunk yardage. Seems like we were starting to wear him down a little bit, but you have to give Oklahoma a lot of credit for them to, to be resilient and find a way to win, create some turnovers and um and uh make us pay for the mistakes that we made, you know. that, that was that was difficult. I felt like um we weren't overwhelmed um when you're looking at the type of talent that they have and the the team that 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 they are and that, that, that they took it to to Texas, you know, and we weren't we weren't uh overwhelmed with the talent or the physical part of the game but I thought it was a good battle back and forth. But man, just uh yeah, I just I'm trying to I'm trying to be positive with it but at the same time like I'm just I'm kinda yeah, man, if we could have just done a few things differently I, I think we'd have been in a much better position. But uh that's why those guys are a good team. That that's why they're ranked. They find ways to win games like this and, and we, we couldn't we couldn't do it and I that, that's frustrating to me.
1: You can almost start and finish with uh, the minus three in the turnover margin. You guys, no. since you've been the coach, BYU's 0 and 7. When you get to a minus three, that's a tough one to overcome.
5: Yeah, I think that's most coaches if, they, if they're. Uh, and they probably don't. They probably lose more, Any team that will probably goes 3 0. Yeah. Uh, probably lose them more than just the seven points. So I felt like the. Uh, <laughs> we had momentum. We were like starting to generate some really good momentum, and that that the thing that hurt the most was that interception that went back the other way, and you're on the two yard line, and and um, instead of going up by seven, you go down by seven, which was really frustrating. And, and but the guys fought back from that, and then just a <clears throat> yeah, just untimely turnovers, man, and, and really, I don't think it was anything that was that was. Um, what Oklahoma did is just the stuff we knew pressure was coming that's why Jake rolled out of the pocket that way and, and it's either it's either there or it's not throw it away and we'll, we just punt and live live to play another another down you know that's just how it works but uh, I, I believe our, co- our players and coaches are trying to make plays and I think Jake is trying to do his best he's trying to make plays but he needs to understand that this is in, in the Realm of your responsibility, your your job is only to do so much. You can't do it all for for the team and all all in one play. It doesn't work that way. So
2: Kalani, I watching this run game, this is what I had expected all year long from Aiden Robbins and this BYU offensive line, two hundred and seventeen yards rushing and a touchdown on the ground. What what changed did did Coach Funk change some things blocking scheme wise? Did, was Aiden just more healthy? Well, help me understand why all of a sudden it blows up for 217 yards against Oklahoma.
5: I think it's a it's a number of factors. I think there's a, a few things that uh, were, were the reason and, and one would be maybe a simplified off uh, scheme where you don't have to have so much run. where Our guys can play fast. Uh, probably another factor of it is Having a quarterback that that is uh, available to run the ball and is a threat to run, he doesn't have to have the stats. He can just he can just start to be a threat to run and even a threat to throw, and then um, just uh, having the backs that are healthy and can hit it downhill. That that's uh, Aiden was able to do that now, and so I mean. Even when Keaton was playing earlier, he he was able to pull the ball and get some touchdowns. That's why he's never had a rushing touchdown in his career until the first game that we played. And he didn't just have one. He started to have a number of touchdowns and even did it against good teams like Arkansas. And then when he got banged up, he stopped doing that. And so that's part of the reason why Jake um, played today over over Keaton is because Keaton's still not 100%. But I think he'll be closer to that next week. And, um, as a quarterback here, you have to be a threat to to run the ball that's what we need, and you have to be athletic and find ways to create create plays on your legs that that's what we we've had that with Zach we had that with um with jaren and when we expect our quarterbacks that that are taking the snaps to be able to do that
1: because Jake can run it, does he still make more sense for you in your next game, even if Keaton's a week better like you expect him to be
5: I think that's where we have to make the decision and see how how it works with the, with those guys and how to compete and and but but there's a factor in, in we're taking care of the football as part of it, too. Yeah. You know, so um, uh, we, we've we been able to win some games by taking care of the football, number one, and not giving up big plays or, or giving up points by turning over the football. And even the stat sheet didn't look look right. Um, but we were able to win games because we took care of the football. That, that's so important for us to take care of the football. Look what happened last week when we didn't, you know, and, and – the the other side of that is a defensive. We've got to create some turnovers too, man. Like we had yeah, no takeaways in the yeah. last three games, and we've been so good at that. And, and 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 now it's like it's become a little bit more difficult. I don't know why, but other than uh, we've had opportunities to to get to the. We got to get to the quarterback. We have got to find a way to get to him and disrupt his timing, disrupt his throw, so we can get some picks. And that's uh that's not happening. So it, it's this is a this is a a um, three three phase problem where we need to be. Be playing great in all three phases, the goal was to play great, not not to. I know everyone wants to look at the result, but our result, the result was going to work out the way we wanted if if all three phases played at the high level like we know they can, and and not just one plays great and the rest are just kind of average. We need them all above average and, and to great. Um, the problem is that. I think we did that except for taking care of the football. And then so defensively not taking, not taking the ball out. Not not getting takeaways. That's right.
1: All right, so it's an RPO on a first and goal from the two uh, when the run game got you to that spot. As you're on the headset there, you're hearing it. Are, are, what did you think was going to happen there?
5: Yeah, hand the ball off. So two things, hand the ball off or QB pull and run. You know, it, the, you don't throw the ball when they have coverage out there. You only throw it because I believe hitches out the on the outside. You only throw if no one's there. And so um for whatever reason the ball was thrown and D B was out there, picked it and took off and I, that's like can't do that. And so it wasn't like that was a that was the option. The option was not that first. That was the third option. The first option run the give the ball to the back. Second option pull and run it yourself. Third option is throw the ball and we, we skipped the first two. So there were
2: a lot of good defensive moments in this game, Kalani. When they had that freshman quarterback come in and you're getting in the middle part of the third and into the fourth quarter and they start running, is that defense kind of getting exhausted at that point? Because they, you guys had jammed up the run the first half and into parts of the third quarter, but then they got their run game going, kind of walk us through defensively what was happening in that moment.
5: Yeah, I'd be worried if, if we didn't have bodies in the right spot. We just started missing tackles. And so um, when guys are leaving their feet, you just can't, you can't tackle good backs and QBs that can run the ball by thinking that you're just going to throw in your body and they're going to fall down off the impact. And so um, maybe we got gas a little bit, but maybe we need to keep guys fresh. But also they've got to be able to respond better. I mean, I, I really don't care if we turn the ball over and put it on the one-yard line. We expect them to get a stop. Uh, I know Jay does and I do too so so the fact that we weren't able to get um enough stops to give our, our team a chance um you know I, I think a lot of that has to do with we, we were able to force field goal they missed um force another field goal they made I mean that's a that's what we expect them we just can't give up touchdowns and it seems like they get the third down was killing me you know that's the same mm-hmm. same nemesis that we've had all year long and, and it seems like I don't know if their touchdown was on third. It just seems like every play that they made was on third down. And uh, we've got to figure that out. But a lot of that has we got to get to the QB, man. A lot of it was drop back passes. And uh, it wasn't like we just rushed three every time. But there's there's sometimes we brought some pressure. And we had guys running into each other and not getting after the QB. So that's, that's a problem.
1: As you were looking at clock at the end of the game, uh, you're – you weren't going to get the ball back. I think you thought you called a timeout with the clock stopped at the end there. It was going to end the way you saw it, whether you called. Because they, they said clock will start on the ready, right?
5: Yeah, and then it was. Yeah, the clock, because he was down and he was in bounds and they got a first down, there was going to be a 40 second clock. It was going to start anyways. We had one timeout. I mean, they, they, you do the math, and it's just kind of like that's why they, on that one, they kind of like drug out the play a little bit and lost more yards yeah. Yeah. just to solidify, making sure that confirmed that they can run the clock out. It was a good job by them. I mean, I know that what they're trying to do, and I think our guys are trying to get it to be sped up a little bit. But, um, yeah, it was just it was just a tough, tough outcome uh, to be in that position, especially when they had third down. And, and But you have to give them credit. They converted. You know, I, yeah. I thought maybe they're going to try to run the ball and make us take our last time out. Um, but they threw the ball and went for it, went for the win, and they, they made it work. Well, what
2: was the review that they were after? Were they trying to see if it was complete or if the knee was down, if he was short?
5: What was that long review? Yeah, they, they looked at it first, and they said that it was a completion. Then we were com- we were complaining about it because we said it looked like it was a fumble. And I think it was really close. And I, I hate that the guy got hurt, but I'm glad he's okay and that he was able to walk off. But um, That that was the, the hard part. That they were looking at, there's just seeing because the ball did come out, but it came out when his knee was already down. So it, maybe if his knee would have been up a little bit more, I mean, if they they wanted to look at it again, I wanted to look at it again just to make sure. And, and they were right; they got it right.
1: We'll take a break. We'll come back and have some closing comments with the coach Kalani Sitake on the BYU Creamery Cougar Post Game Coaches Show from Lavelle Edward Stadium on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
0: Listening to the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: 31 24, your final score, OU over BYU. Kalani Sutake with us, BYU Creamery Cougar Post Game Coaches Show. Kalani, the, the, the margin makes it obvious, but this wasn't the last three weeks. This was different than you had seen from your guys. Is that part encouraging to you?
5: Yeah, yeah. And, and I think when you're creating positive yards and you're getting some um some good physical play from guys and we're not giving up just big plays on on defense and then special teams we're not giving up big plays we're actually doing some good sound coverage and um getting some returns ourselves. and then offensively just generating some positive yards that's a really good thing especially in the run game we need been needing to see that all year long that was a really positive thing right but the it, it just you just keep looking at the missed opportunities. Right now, I'm feeling like that. Like, dang it, it was a missed opportunity. But we're gonna have to pick ourselves up and find a way to go get ready for the next one and get the next game. That that's gonna be the key for us. It's so important for us to get that game because you know it, it extends the season for us and we can we can get some more development. We get more guys. Uh, opportunities teach our guys teach our system and, and, and away we go
1: a few weeks ago you had to win one of five games now you've got to win one of one it's all out there for you osu in stillwater next week and they're starting the second quarter in houston and the cougs those cougs lead uh, the cowboys 14 to 3.
5: yeah and it, it's it's uh it's do or die time so you you want the season to go longer you, this is it it's a one game season now for us and uh, I don't mind the pressure, you know, for our guys. Uh, I think I think they'll respond the right way. There's a huge sense of urgency. These guys are such great young men. Uh, I love that they're willing to work and that, that they can they can avoid the outside noise and, and just focus on what we're trying to get done. They've been so obedient and, and to the things that we're asking them to do. And and in the face of adversity, we've learned quite a bit. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this team responds next week against Oklahoma State.
2: Ethan Slade leaves the field, but. Talon Alfrey is out there. Talon left for a minute. He came back. Talon lead uh, led this game in tackles. I'm just curious, just from what observations you were able to make of Talon's game, having him in practice and having him on the field. How much has that helped, or or otherwise, at the safety position? Oh, well, it's
5: been huge. I mean, he he was a he was a starter for us pre preseason and out of camp, and he got hurt the the week before the game and. He's been out of it for the last 10 games, and so now allowed to come back for this game. You know he wants to win this next one so he can have more playing time, and it was just good to have him out there. It's good to have our guys that are back. It's good to see Darius Lasseter on the field. It's good to see all our receivers finally be available uh, for the first time in in the season in game 11, you know, so we, we'll, we'll be a lot pl- better when our, our players are available, but I've been really pleased with the guys that have been able to step in and make some plays, and and uh, I think those are such a valuable experience for these young men. And it's going to pay off, pay off huge for us in the future. And, and the future is even just next week. Kalani, I, I really feels like from
2: where I watched the game and analyzing it, it felt like both sides, both the D tackles, D ends, and then the, the offensive line, it felt like they were getting the job done. Against Oklahoma in the trench, did you feel like you were having success with the big boys in the middle?
5: I do. I felt like I, I wish we could have done it more at the end with uh, with the defense and get get the ball back. But um, but I think they did their job, which is which is make the quarterback throw the ball. I also wish we would got more more pressure on the quarterback and and made made uh, possibly create some turnovers for us. But uh, I don't think o- Oklahoma didn't do anything that was too difficult. They kept things pretty simple. For the quarterbacks, didn't want to put their their team in, at risk, and um, you have to give them a lot of credit, man. A Well coached team with such great athletes that are that are poised and and, and know how to make plays. A Great football IQ. Um, we we just we got we got some ways to go, but I love the improvement that we've made from last week to this week, and um, if we can keep building off this momentum, you know these guys are down. I know we're all down right now about the loss, but we're gonna have to pick our – our chins up, and we have to go, get back to work, man. That, that's we have no choice but to do that. And and what a great time for Thanksgiving to come around next week, where you can have such an attitude of of appreciation and gratitude for what these what you have, and then you still have an opportunity to extend the season with one game. So, a lot a lot of things for for us to play for, in a really good spot. And, and this is this is a I'm trying to be as optimistic as po- as possible when you're looking at the missed opportunity, but you have to look at, at the opportunities that are coming up next.
1: Let's close with our economics partners' valuable stat of the game. BYU's accounting program is nationally ranked, so it's no surprise one of the nation's top business valuation firms is run by diehard BYU fans. If you need a valuation for your business, go to econpartners.com. Going to go to BYU on conversion downs today. Uh, Five of 14 on third, but three of three on fourth. So on your conversion downs you were forty seven percent today keeping drives alive and and that's an improvement over where you've been uh for this season
5: yeah I'd like to get more third down conversions and not have to depend on the fourth down but uh I'm okay with you you know me i'm gonna i'm gonna if i feel like it's gonna work i'm gonna do it and and it, it's good to be when you when your gut tells you to do it to be um to have the support of three for three so that that was nice i just uh the five for fourteen we 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 can improve on that and then Trying to get third and more manageable would be really nice too. I felt like we just had some really bad drive killers and, and lost yardage, Whether whether it's false starts or or the um, the the you know the, the broken play that went that, that lost us yards, the lateral that lost us yards, yeah. the other throwback that lost us yards, and it's like we we don't have to keep doing things like that. I think um, maybe we don't have to be so cute and just the, the the basic stuff was working and um, that that's uh. That, that's the goal it's just, just when it works keep it going you don't have to overthink it sometimes
2: any early scouting on oklahoma state kind of things you might project what you're looking for
5: well they have one of the best running backs in the country you know and holly and so, gordon yeah and then so, and, and a physical line um obviously it's going to be their their senior game so they're going to want to you know win for their seniors and we're going to try to find a way to go break it up i mean Coach Gundy does an amazing job preparing his team. He's a, he's one of the longer tenured um, coaches in college football and definitely in the, in the conference. And so it's, it's not going to be an easy task, but uh, it's very doable for our, our guys, and especially if we come and play assignment-sound football. What I do like, Hanson and Greg, is that um, for the most part, we played really, really assignment-sound football. It wasn't like things were broken down. And The things that were broken down were technique. We were... We lost coverage, or they made a double move, and, and we we were a little bit behind on it and, on defense, and may, maybe missed a few tackles, but uh, not a lot of broken plays from from the, from the defense and offense. Not a lot of broken plays in terms of assignment sound and the blocking scheme and stuff like that. And so, if we can get bodies on bodies, and you have backs that can hit hit the hole and are really big like we do with Aiden and LJ, then you should have some success, and I'm hoping we can get that going on next week.
1: By the way, OSU scores a touchdown, misses the PAT, so 14-9. Houston leading Oklahoma State, 12-14 to go in the second, and BYU closes things out in Stillwater next Saturday. Time to be determined. Today's time was 10.07 a.m., and BYU brought 60,000 fans into the building for a morning kick. A lot of Oklahoma fans wanted to come out here, and and they were in the, in the stadium, and they're Sooner Red. It was a not the day at all we wanted it to to, it didn't end the way we wanted it to but it was a fun day of football for your senior day 2023
5: it was a really good day i mean just in terms of we get to play football our fans are awesome as they always are and i was so glad that we were able to use them and create some energy and some some uh, you know some momentum uh just disappointed that we weren't able to take advantage of it completely and get the win and have them storm the field. That, uh, that's what we were, were picturing. We were kind of visioning, having visions of that happening. And uh, a lot of that got shut down with the turnovers. And, and uh, we had to be really smart with it, taking care of the football from now on. Did you like that morning kick, though? I actually didn't mind it at all, man. It just reminded me of getting up for early morning seminary in those days. You know what I mean? So these guys are used to doing it. Our guys are used to getting up early in the morning. So am I. So it's not, a, not that big of a deal. I think. I think the fans were the ones. That, it seemed like they were, they were fine. They made a lot of noise in the morning, so maybe maybe we're a morning team. Who knows? We'll see.
1: We'll see what we get next week in yeah. uh, Stillwater. Kalani, thank you, and we'll talk to you next week.
5: Love you, guys. Thank you. Right, Appreciate thank you, it. Kalani.
1: All right. That's Kalani's Hitake and the BYU Creamery Cougar Post Game Coaches Show. We'll come back and return to Big O' Tire's Cougar Post Game Live. A couple more segments. Uh, Mitch will join us in the booth, and we'll... Uh, we'll take it to, we'll take you home here as we continue 40 31 24 31 24 OU over BYU today's final score tough one for the boys this was uh, some of the most fun football we've called this it was, season it, Boy, was, it was it
2: was Hans it was, it was very engaging and exciting and you had some gigantic moments and
1: you know the last 3 weeks that we've called Texas loss and and te- uh, West Virginia and and uh, and then uh, Iowa Iowa State you know by halftime kind of the air was taken out and it was it was hard to 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 call a lot of those plays and those games knowing where things were and man it was good to be engaged and and see a competitive game and a one score game and 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 a chance a legitimate chance at an upset and and just have the vibe and the energy back in this booth and back on the field it was really invigorating and again gave me hope that BYU can do something like this again next week and with one game to win one game Go out and win that game. Do it when no one thinks you're going to do it on well, the
2: road. It, that would be so nice. And I, I also want to say that a performance like this was so important for this coaching staff because you know, the eyeballs are on you, and people start talking and chattering, and it's like, man, why, why don't they look like they're setting in position? Why the awkward timeouts? Why the, why the multiple penalties here and there? And this was a much more clean performance against a very good Oklahoma team that you can look at and say, okay, I feel better about that. I feel better. I feel better about the game plan. I thought the game plan was very nice. Creative? Very creative. You know, you got a lot of different touches from a lot of different guys early, and then that run game really parted up, and then what I loved is Roderick rode the hot hand, and gave it to Aiden he didn't try to switch it out with LJ Martin he really rode the hot hand I love coaches that identify hot hands and go with it but no it, it can continue to get better it needs to get better for Oklahoma State the turnovers specifically but after this I'm like Greg let's let's get on an airplane and let's get over to Oklahoma State let's get to the same hotel yeah let, yeah let's get to let's, let's get to the same hotel and let's let's get up in that booth and let's call this game because They got a real shot. They could get Oklahoma State. And if they beat Oklahoma State and finish with a bowl game, it's such a better feel. It's a better feel for their first go in Big 12 play. And I remember having you on my show probably uh, two weeks before kick or maybe a week before kick. And it was like, all right, what are the expectations? And it was like, yeah, look, six and six, but maybe, maybe seven and five. Look, they get to six and six and I almost feel like it, it hits expectations for first time in the Big Twelve. What what I liked was getting that nasty taste that Texas, West Virginia, and Iowa State left in my mouth as an analyst. Yeah. That was a horrible film review. It was like gut wrenching to sit there and watch a film review and be like, What is going on? What is actually trying to be done here? Because this felt right. It felt like there was a scheme, a plan, and they executed it well.
1: And I think Kalani explained it as well as could be explained for anybody wondering about the first and goal from the two. He said, if there were three options, we pick the third one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we <laughs> the we
1: one. bypassed the first two. Uh, option one, hand it off to Aiden, or hand it off to whoever the back was. I think it was Aiden at the time. Uh, option yes. two, pull it, and Retzloff keep. Option three, throw it, if it's open. Yeah. And it closed.
2: Well, and I... Again, I'm just putting myself in that situation the best I can. I've never been a quarterback and never run RPO, but I know I'm high tempo. Oklahoma is a crazy intercepting team. I'm on the two yard line. They haven't stopped my run. I'm giving. And your first down. Or I'm running. You've got four yeah. shots at this. I, I'm, I'm just. For the not, guy who's
1: just grinding people.
2: I am yeah. not, and I will not protect individuals. That's just not who I am. If it was Aaron Roderick's call and Aaron Roderick's fault. I would come down on Aaron Rodgers. I really would, and I'd say it straight up. There's no way you call a pass play there. The knowledge of the RPO, then it's like, okay, wait a second, wait a second. Well, okay, I get it. So you put it in his hands. But as you break it down more and more, where Kalani said it, you run first, you keep off the edge second, and the passing is like, if you're on tempo and you're running up to the line and there's nobody covering, I mean, you can take that snap and fling it out there. That's the only time. When yeah, that's when the the P part of the R,
1: RPO makes E-O, a little bit of sense. Yeah,
2: it shows up and it just wasn't there, Greg. It wasn't there. So what I write it, what I chalk it up to is Jake Retzlav has some learning to do, and he'll never do that again. I got to imagine if we're still water, we're playing, see it, watching this game against Oklahoma State, and he, there's a similar situation. He probably hands it off, Greg. He probably runs it. And he probably doesn't pass it because you learn along the way. And I know that he's got Juco experience, but he's still young at the Power 5 level.
1: We'll take a break. We'll continue with uh, Big O Tires, Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, so welcome back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, Oklahoma 41, BYU 34, final score. The other Cougars, Houston, puts on another touchdown, 21-9, to Houston leading Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State won Bedlam, beat Oklahoma since then, they've been outscored 66-12. to Lost at UCF last week, 45-3, and are trailing Houston now 21-9. So, needing to win first, one game to get half. bowl eligible. Second, second quarter, first half still, 10 minutes to go in the second quarter. Needing one win in one game to get bowl eligible. Oklahoma State is giving BYU a little hope, particularly the way BYU played today against OU.
2: They can do it. They could do it. They could absolutely beat Oklahoma State. That is a very potential, possible win. Uh, And I know that that's a tough road game. And, and Greg, let's be honest, BYU in Big 12 conference play on the road has not been real pretty. Your scores, 38-27, Kansas, 44-11, TCU, 35-6, texas and 37-7 west virginia so your road scores in big 12 play have not been real pretty but this gives me a lot of hope what i just saw on the field some resolve from this team retzloff is a he's a playmaker. now he's also a slinger and he's a risk taker and it didn't pay off for him in this game but but in that moment i actually think that in there were moments that paid off for him in this game but it can absolutely get you that win at Oklahoma State I'm that has really bumped up as a possible win for me Uh, coming into this this game the final two games Greg I was saying BYU had a less than 20 percent chance in finding a win in the final two and it feels like your chances have really crept up with what you saw against Oklahoma here and what we're seeing from Oklahoma State
1: I've already done the math for you. BYU in its Big 12 home games, 24.8 points a game. BYU in its Big 12 road games, less than half that, 12.3. So in the four Big 12 away games, 12 points per game, they've been a much better team, twice the team they were uh, at home. Uh, Conversely, Oklahoma was a much better home team scoring than on the road, and BYU kept them below their season average today as well. Mitchell Juergens joining us back in the booth. After a uh, a long post game, a lot of Senior Day stuff out there today on the field, Mitch. And we, uh, you were with uh, Kalani for our post game conversation. You heard everything else we did in post game. Um, where do you come down on today's 41, uh, 31-24 setback?
4: You know, a lot of a <clears throat> lot of hope uh, for these BYU fans. I think after these last after these last three weeks or the previous three weeks, it was just. You know, who is this BYU team? Is there an opportunity that this team, uh, you know, is going to be able to compete the rest of the season? And, and I think they showed today, yeah, I mean, it, it hurts. Um, you could see just how much, um, how much Kalani wanted this win and how much this team really deserved the win. They played so well fundamentally as a team. Um, you even heard Cody Epps talk about it, something that I've been harping on for a for a long time, watching this uh, this team this entire season, specifically with the receivers, is um, guys really kind of being out of position, not, not owning what they can control. And Cody even mentioned it. They weren't getting chewed out for missing assignments or being in the wrong spot. So collectively as a team, they played so much better. And it just comes down to, you know, two or three plays, taking care of the football, um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately it's a, it's a loss there, but, you know, again, collectively, as we look forward at Oklahoma state, this team can do it. Um, this is a talented football team when, when everything comes together and everybody does their job. Um, I mean, they just proved, number 14 Oklahoma a very good football team and they competed this is the same team that last week put up a career numbers um, you know an offensive performance over 650 yards of total offense against a very good and stout West Virginia Um, then they come here and, and and couldn't get things rolling because of how intense and how much energy there was here in the stadium but all of that stemmed from the play on the field, which was, which was pretty exciting. So uh,
1: I, I'm optimistic. Yeah, coming, coming off of three straight losses, blowout losses, with a ranked team coming in, there was a chance that, uh, that the game at Stillwater wouldn't have felt very dramatic or very full of potential. But I feel differently now about things next Saturday based on what I saw today and by what Houston's doing to Oklahoma State in, uh, in Houston right now. So I, I think we are in for uh, an intriguing end of the season. Uh, next week in Stillwater. And that's the most encouraging part about today is I think there's actual hope that BYU could still be a bowl team this year.
2: I think that there is a lot of hope. And I think that if you have a run game that's producing like this against Oklahoma state, I think that gives you at least a 50%. I think that that really makes a mark. If you've got a run game, that's churning for over 200 yards there's real possibility in that with your offense. Because think about this, Greg, especially in the first half, I think at one point it was six straight first downs to start the game that were all runs.
1: I think it was nine. I think it got to nine. Was it all the
2: way up to nine? I think it got to nine. I loved their first down run usage. And then, as you mentioned in the second half, things started to turn and go the other way a little bit. But if your run... Is working like that, and you've got a quarterback like Retzloff on a second and five. There's the world is your oyster on a second and five when you've got Jake Retzloff as a quarterback.
1: Hashtag BYUCPL is our Twitter handle. Hashtag BYUCPL for Cougar Post Game Live. This is Big O Tires Cougar Post Game Live. You can drop a comment our way if you'd like to do so. Hashtag C We'll get you some uh, skill testing trivia at the end of this segment for a couple of half gallons of B-Y-U Creamery ice cream. That's still to come.
2: Um, the first question that is coming in, why is Mitch Juergen's dad better looking and
4: in better shape than <laughs> Mitch?
2: <laughs> is that is that weird having a dad that is
4: more handsome and is in better shape and buffer? You I know, it's... You know, Mitch? I've been used to it my whole life, so you know... <laughs> It's the Same thing as being a twin. Yeah, you know? you? he's always my brother's always been the better looking twin, and it's just, it's just <laughs> it's, so. You it just is what it dad is. Dad you know? and a brother. <laughs> oh man, T- times
2: are tough in the Jergens home. I bet Thanksgiving's awkward when Dad's <laughs> over there benching three twenty, your, your brother's over there doing curls, and you're like, I'm just gonna. I'll go jump on the
4: headset. I'm going to uh, go talk with Hanson Greg. I'll go get some stuffing.
2: <laughs> I'll pick up the extra pie. <laughs> that was great to meet your dad. But, yeah, Greg, I'm all kinds of optimistic. I I just feel lighter after this game. And and it's nice for me because I, I do a full week of radio, and I need good content. I need, you know, things that you can hang your hat on and be encouraged with because nobody wants to tune in and just – hear all the negative buzz and and all the things that went wrong and there was a lot I was
1: I I was fired up today and but but I'll tell you the the life was draining out of me on the on the on the 100-yard pick six I I I really couldn't believe what I was watching in the moment because (laughs) this thing this was it felt like BYU had a 90 percent chance to win the game when they were on the two-yard line they did I felt like this this BYU is gonna win this game they had everything going their way I, I we've done this together a a short time. I've done this a much longer time and thinking about single moments that can mean so much in the course of a, of a 60 minute game and a 120 play game. How much can one play? That's as much meaning on one play in this season as you're ever going to see in any one play.
2: Possible. Uh, 14 point swing. Mitch, did Dr. Anai, did he run RPOs with you guys? Uh-huh. Uh, what were some of the the basic concepts Especially in red zone tempo, when you guys were running RPOs for the quarterback
4: and and what he needs to see and look at, that that's a good question. Um, I, I mean, the, the whole concept of RPO is is take what's there, and 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 I think the the where Jake got into trouble there is because they were going so fast. The defense, I mean, you heard Jake talk about it. The defense was still in movement, and. Yeah, you may look over real quick, um, take your eyes off the center. You're you're scanning, oh. and it looks like Cody Epps is just sitting there by himself. So it's like, okay, let's go, let's go. Oh. But his eyes come off of Cody. He's looking at the center. He catches the ball. He goes over there, and, and what was there two seconds ago is not what it was. And so, uh, you know, I, I think in tempo when the defense is still moving, you've got to be aware that whatever you, you, you glance at initially – that may not be the look that's going to happen because the defense is still in position. If they're, if they're set and ready to go, then, yeah, you've got a clean look at it. it but, but there was so much movement still going on, and, and you could see it. Like, Jake just went straight to the throw. He didn't. Yeah. He, there was no RPO. It was just catch and fire. Um, and, and so he didn't really let the play develop because what he thought what he saw changed in the two seconds that he took his eyes off it to catch the ball. Are routes locked in RPOs? Do you have you have any manipulation? for the most part? Yes. Okay. They're all pre-planned. It, I, I mean, it depends. It, you know, sometimes as a, as a slot guy, um, yeah, yeah. For the most part, because I mean, they're, they're they're quick hitters, right? Yeah. You pull it and throw. It's not like pull and then. So you're just hitting three your route and, and
2: paying attention that if that ball yeah. is pulled, then it's coming your way. Yeah. So I I think that it's got to be hard for the offensive line because you RPO. I'm just. Going to the two-yard line and, you know, offensive lineman downfield in a passing situation and RPO, it doesn't feel like it really allows me as an offensive lineman to just blow up off the ball, fire off, and, and go two, three yards of penetration. It feels like RPO maybe draws me back just a touch as an offensive lineman. That's why I've never really been on board the RPO train, but I understand how it helps you, especially with Jake Retzloff as a quarterback
4: well and and just to to call it out too i think the success of the run game in my opinion i mean to have a threat like jake like i i think it did i think it throws wrinkles there like yeah he made some mistakes there some costly costly mistakes um but this run game has not looked the same it looked fabulous today and and i think having that threat i mean you you as a defense we talked about not being—you can't key in and uh, or make an offense one-dimensional, um, and, and I think that's the benefit of an RPO as well. I mean, and my RPO days were with Taysom Hill, with Jamal Williams, with Algie Brown, with Adam Heaney. I mean We had some—we had some really talented guys in the backfield, and and it does—it creates some really good matchups for us as receivers, um, some open zones to sit in because you have to put so much focus on a number of different options that can present itself in an RPL look, if it's done the right way.
1: On Twitter, hashtag BYUCPL, Jarrett Webster said, no turnovers well timed, but the timing of the turnovers was especially painful today, he notes. It was after a stop and a long punt return. Parker Kingston returned at 31 yards. That was after that, that. led into the first fumble. He says the second one comes after a missed field goal, and then the third one is on, or the, the uh, yes, it was after a long punt return, on the goal line, pick six, and then after a missed field goal. So, yeah timing was terrible and it was all short field turnovers as well one that becomes a pick six doesn't really come into play but a 52 yard field and a 22 yard field on the others
2: that draw up on the backside linebacker blitz that came off the blind side for retzloff it, 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 first and foremost you got to remember oklahoma's got some great talent and i don't know if there's a better linebacker in the country than danny stutzman he is fantastic
1: he was my uh, Big 12 preseason defensive player of the year. I thought he was that good. It's a
2: good pick, and he's quick. And the drop was interesting. So they dropped the jack out in the coverage, and the will stays on the backside and loops around. Once the backside offensive tackle commits to his defensive end, he loops around that block. And if that quarterback holds at all, which Retzloff did, if that quarterback holds at all, you've got a blindside shot on him. And... Retzloff admitted it in the postgame. He said, yeah, I I clutched it. You saw I I went to throw it, but I clutched it. And that's where the sack and the forced fumble comes into play there for that third and and kind of most ah, most costly. It's that pick six is most costly. But I guess game-ending third turnover.
1: By the way, Ollie Gordon just got tackled in the end zone for a safety. It's Houston 23, Oklahoma State 9. So you can make the score... Sixty-eight to twelve since Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma in Bedlam, the other way.
2: <laughs> and Houston doesn't even have a shot for bowl eligibility. They're just out there playing for pride. They've got four wins so far in the season, and they could
1: get bowl eligible if they win today. Yeah, they're, they're five and six. If That's they, right. And, they, and they, they've, got, they've got UCF next week, so that could be a bowl eligibility game uh, for two teams, depending on what UCF does today.
2: That's right. They 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 do have another game, but
1: UCF and Texas Tech are playing for bowl eligibility. UCF leads Texas Tech seven
4: nothing. By the way, in that one, both are five and five, right?
1: Uh, Yeah, uh, Texas Tech is five and five, and uh, UCF is also five and five. So one of them gets bowl eligible today. Yeah. So uh, this Oklahoma State thing gets more interesting by the minute. If if, if Houston takes care of business today, Oklahoma State suddenly is on a back to they're on a two game losing streak coming home to take on a BYU team that feels like they may have found a couple things today.
2: And I just wonder how. There's a lot of different things. You know, the Oklahoma State vibe through the year has been interesting with everybody threatening portals and walkouts and upset with Gundy. And then all of a sudden they all unify and they get some big wins and everybody's kumbaya and excited. And now it's kind of like sliding back They're 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 volatile. You know, a lot of guys at this point are. They're making their transfer portal decision already. They're like, no, nah, I'm not doing this again next year. And you're in the moment. You're caught in the moment with that negativity. And if you let that carry into the locker room, it could be really ugly. Or Gundy could get those guys to unify in the locker room, and everybody's like, yeah, we're going to finish this out strong. We're all coming back together. The th- I just don't get that sense from Oklahoma State. Yeah. I, f- I feel like there's a lot of dissension and a lot of deunification. As we head to
1: break, uh, this comment on Twitter, hashtag BYUCPL from at Sasquatch. he says, the best part of this season has been hearing hands on the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I absolutely love, this is your boy though. He says, I absolutely love living in Weezer where the famous baby Buffalo grew up. <laughs> <laughs> he says, wow. win or lose. Hans makes the day feel like a good day with his humor and knowledge
2: yeah. of the game, and I'll uh, I'll endorse that comment. Well, famous baby buffalo. <laughs> I don't like that. That's got to be my 84-year-old dad figured out how to start a Twitter account. That's gotta, that's gotta, he's the only one who called me the famous baby buffalo. Uh,
1: Bryant Walker on Twitter, uh, hashtag BYUCPL. As frustrating as this loss was, he says, there are a lot of positive elements to look back on. This is not the BYU team we've seen over the last three games. Nope. I think we need to keep in mind, he says, that the Big 12 is a new look for BYU. Every football team is going to have seasons like this. This is a transitional year. And again, uh, this isn't a moral victory uh, segment of the program. But fact is, we had sat through three blowout losses that didn't look or feel anything like what we saw today. And that's legitimately and genuinely encouraging.
2: That's just what I was begging for after the Texas game. I wanted it to look better against West Virginia. And then begging for after West Virginia. It came a little late. In fact... You mentioned it with Kalani. You're down to one of one now. You had one of five. Now you're down to one of one. And there was a long, ugly wait through three games to get to a point where I feel optimistic about the direction. And, guys, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't it, it didn't feel like BYU's talent was outmanned. It didn't feel like Oklahoma shoved you around. Now they they got the run game going there in the fourth quarter a little bit, but but even then, they BYU was still throwing their punches. Did it feel like BYU's personnel was outmanned with speed, size, and athleticism? No, and that's a good thing. Like that's a that's a qualifying thing now heading to Oklahoma State. If I'm a BYU defensive lineman, I'm like, wait, no, I just held up against that oklahoma offensive line and i talked about that offensive line mccade menauer and andrew rame are a couple of really good offensive linemen you held in the middle with them uh you heard coach venables talking about caden green caden green is great up front and mahe held with him so i'm thinking in my gut if i'm a a byu football player right now i'm like wait a second we're not out man we're not out. It was Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma State. Let's go out there and we'll take care of business.
1: By the way, Oklahoma State uh, gets a takeaway, and they're in scoring position against Houston down 23-9. And it's also, let's reiterate the fact that, and uh, Coach Venables brought this up, this is Jake Retzloff's third game at the FBS level. He's making his third start. This is still a team trying to work with a young quarterback and figure some things out. So, uh, again, there, there there are things you can lean on and say, They've given themselves a shot to be competitive next week in Stillwater. And then the key to slowest part of the equation, also, also interesting, does he get back to 100%? And and um, again, I mean, the discussion we had about you play Retzloff because threat of the run game is important, the way the offense is running right now opens up the whole RPI part of the package. You do that be- because of that, or you say ball security is valuable. He's turned it over five times in three starts. We need to acknowledge that and say Keaton. Maybe we give Keaton a look and see what he can do with uh, with his typical package. By the way, OSU's just scored. Comes becomes a ball game again, 23-15, uh, with a PAT or two-point try pending, by the way, down in Houston.
2: Yeah, I'm not even considering it. I think against Oklahoma State, I'm going Jake Retzloff all the way. I'm going to let him know. Come tomorrow or probably tonight because they got a little extra time tonight. I'm going to let him know. Hey, you're our guy going into next week. Get yourself mentally ready and prepare for it and get us to a, a bull a bull situation. And the the other thing, he does have one Big Twelve start on the road, so that's important. He's been on the road at West Virginia. He got his first start in a pretty hostile environment against a very good. Defense, a team that's very difficult to play against. West Virginia thumped today. Uh, you were just sh- kind of showing me.
1: It's 42 uh, 20 right now in the fourth quarter. Cincinnati scored a couple times, but uh, late. So
2: Jake has road game start experience. He's got a few games under his belt now you hope that it shows a bit of experience and understanding against Oklahoma State.
1: Question before the break from at BYU 1984 fan. On the pick six drive, how many passes had they thrown before the pick six? And the answer there was zero. It was only a three-play drive to that point. It was Aiden Robbins rush for 25. Jake Retzloff rushed for 11. Aiden Robbins rushed for 22. And that got BYU from the 40 to the 2. Then came the throw off an RPO that, as Kalani noted, was option 3 on a three-option play. Option 1, Handoff, option two, quarterback pull and keep. Option three, throw it. And uh, that throw was picked off and taken to the house from Bowman for 100 yards and the score. All right, as we go to break, uh, let's toss out this week's skill testing trivia question brought to you by the BYU Creamery. And uh, what you do is you answer the question. You're the first person to with the answer with the hashtag BYUCPL on Twitter. Hashtag BYUCPL on Twitter. And the first person across my timeline with that hashtag will win two half gallons of famous BYU creamery ice cream. Who were BYU's opponents in its first two bowl games, and which bowl games were they? Who were BYU's opponents in the Cougars' first two ever bowl games, and which two bowl games were they? That's the question. The answer with the hashtag BYUCPL, first one on the timeline, wins some ice cream. Who were BYU's bowl opponents in its first two bowl games? And which bowl games were they? That's question. Answer next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: With more postgame reaction, here's Hans Olsen. And the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. With more Cougar postgame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: At Michael Dahl 4 on Twitter, hashtag BYUCPL. Some may say Jake Retzloff lost the game for BYU. He played his heart out, says Michael. I think it's because of him that BYU was in the game. Thought he played
2: really well. well. I don't disagree with that at all. I
1: mean, I mean, as what he yes, was he responsible for three turnovers? Yes, a pick, two fumbles. Um, but you you can tell what kind of player he is and what he brings to this offense that uh, you know I think that, that, that BYU
2: latched on to get a spark. Well, I don't disagree with that at all. I I was breaking it down in the middle of the play when he threw that. I think it was his first touchdown in the south end zone. To was it to chase Chase? Roberts? Yeah. So that play, as I was breaking it down, Greg, you know, you're forced into a zone look expecting the run, and you push that into the zone because guys are having to respect the outside run ability of Jake Retzloff. I just think that that changes. There's no way Oklahoma's just going to have to zone. They could man up and press on Chase. So I think he changes a lot of what you do defensively because I'm always paying attention to the outside, and he kept so much last week against Iowa State. I'm expecting to keep if I'm Oklahoma often, and he did a really good job of of giving the handoff to
4: Aiden to to let Aiden Robbins go do some work. But it's always that threat. Well, and and that Chase Roberts touchdown that was a that was a great combination between Jake and Chase on that play. Like that's not that's not easy to run that corner out to recognize the zone as a receiver to sit. He throttled knowing that hey I gotta. And, yes. And where I was Instead on the, of just going into the route. I yeah. was on probably the 10-yard line. I had a really good view, and, and Chase almost stopped perfectly in between the two defenders. Like, that's that's exactly where you had to be. And Jake, also on that read, didn't, you know, throw him into the next guy. He throttled him back down as well. So it was... I mean, it was a perfectly executed play based on that. And and, and so props to Jake and Chase being on the same page. And, and But Jake... I mean, you don't do that. Uh, that's just, that, that's hard to do um, on the fly, but they executed it great. Uh, not a lot of deep shots
2: by Jake Retzloff today, but I do want to mention one of his throws to throw open to the sideline. He threw that bad boy open. That was such a beautiful pass, put just enough air under it, and that was coming down here. That was the over-the-shoulder chase. Uh-huh, Roberts, right? that was coming down here around the 20, and there was decent coverage, but he saw that it was open from the numbers to the boundary, and he put it to the boundary so that Chase could float underneath it and, and run to the open spot. So I liked what I saw from Ritzloff. Um, is, is he the future? Well, that's yet to be seen. Is he the future against Oklahoma State? Yes, absolutely. Give him that ball. Let him take it. Because I, I, I still think he's a winner. I still, you see him, the way he acts, the way he behaves – I still think he's a winner. Like for instance, you brought up his chase down on how many quarterbacks are going to run a full 100 into the end zone on that pick six? Yeah, I'm sure he's sick about it. But by the time he hit the 50, and the and the runner was at the the 40, 35, 40 ish, he could have said nah. But he just
4: his heart doesn't let him do that. Yeah. So. And he gained on him. And, and with that said, like I, again, I'm I'm impressed with his performance. But part of being a Division One, Big Twelve quarterback is. He, he does He he needs to watch the film and recognize like okay there's there's you got to be composed as a quarterback and, and your primary responsibility is to protect and and you know take care of the football um and and so there there are definitely a a lot of opportunities to grow for jake in this role um which which I'm sure he's going to be harder on himself, harder than anybody is, um, on himself, uh, to, because he knows that he, your primary job is to keep, the, is to protect the football, and, and he didn't do that uh, as as great as he should have. Greg, what did he say on the mesh point fumble? Retzloff, was he, he said he was
1: point. actually going to toss it.
4: Yeah, so it was, oh, um, I think it was Keelan Marion coming around on the motion behind the play, and he was going to pull that and pitch it to Keelan. Um, and so he just – I think he just got a little too close, a little too antsy. Well, the, the, the thing that I'm, I'm interested in on that, Aiden never clamped his arm. No. He let go of the ball. I don't think so. Do you think the ball was I don't think so. I think, it, I think it hit Aiden's hip, and he lost it because the He was the play ready to was, swing and toss. The through. play was you could kind of see his eyes going to the right. He was getting ready to pitch the ball. I think it was Keelan Marion coming around the edge uh, or coming behind the play. And he just, whether he took his eyes off it and, and just, he was preparing to toss it. Yes.
2: Wow. Because yeah. it it really did look like he released it, and and because you could tell that Robbins no, no. had no, yeah, no no in
1: right intention yeah. to keep. No, it. and he wasn't the play, but but it was also not one that he dropped it trying to hand it off to Robbins either. He was trying to go the other way where they just lost it.
2: I can't even. It's hard to even put into words the three turnovers, and the timing, and minus three in the category. It yeah. yet you still had this game. You still could have
1: be with, if they're minus two and not minus three, they, they, they may win the game today. Yeah. You know, it was just that, it was at that margin. Uh, let's uh, k- uh, say kudos to uh, JD McKell at true blue. I doc on Twitter. He had the first answer to our skill testing trivia question today. Did you know the answer, uh, Hans?
2: I did not know the answer.
1: Mitch, did you know the answer? No. I the question, the, the question was who were the opponents in BYU's first two bowl games, and which bowl games were they? And I'm not going to say it was a trick question because it wasn't, but it was the same opponent, Oklahoma State. Oh, nice. 1974 Fiesta Bowl, 1976 Tangerine Bowl. Those were BYU's first two bowl games. Oklahoma State won the first one 16-6, and the second game 49-21. to
2: Do you take any, do you take any uh, solace in, in the fact that you, you still have a winning record against Oklahoma? Two and, two and one? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you may never play him again. Because you're probably not going to see him again yeah. for a long time. i got to I, I,
1: The thing is, I, I, I think, you know, obviously Oklahoma, Texas did what they did. But I think it would have been fun to see those teams every year for, for years to come. Yes. Home and away. Of course, nothing that happened to BYU would have happened without those two teams leaving. So it's a, it's a moot discussion anyway. And BYU owes a debt of gratitude to Oklahoma and Texas for, for booking it out of the, uh, the Big 12, creating a couple openings.
2: I am bummed that this was a one and done because this was a fun one to prepare for. It was fun to watch this offensive, this Oklahoma offensive line and, and break down. I mean, they had one guy drafted in the first round, one dry guy drafted in the third round off of this offensive line from last year. And, and. This is, they're notoriously great in the trench. And watching BYU compete in the trench says a lot.
1: Yeah, gave us a lot to look forward to for next week. We don't know what time it will be. We'll find out later tonight when uh, BYU and OSU will kick it off. And by the way, a little mini rally from the Cowboys there in Houston. They score a field goal right before halftime, 23-19. So down to a four-point game now. Houston leading Oklahoma State as uh, the, uh, as the Cowboys play their Big 12 road finale before finishing up with Boone Pickens Stadium against BYU next week. Let's uh, let's uh, make it our finale for today. And thank everybody for tuning in to a day-long broadcast. We got on the air at 8 o'clock this morning. We're almost at 4 in the afternoon. What's coming up tonight? Uh, well, we've got BYU men's basketball. Spencer Linton will have the call with Mark Durant over at the Marriott Center for BYU and Morgan State. 6 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock tip on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, KSL 102.7 FM, 1160 AM, plus the apps, the streaming. So men's basketball at 7 o'clock. Women's basketball at 7.30 from Hawaii with Jason Shepard. And that'll be on BYU Radio 107.9 FM. I'm heading over to Southfield right now. I'll be calling on ESPN+. Plus the TV call of BYU Michigan State women's soccer as the Cougars play in the round of 16 looking to get into the national quarterfinals next week. So that's all happening tonight. A busy evening still ahead after a busy day of football here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Our thanks to the crew back at BYU Radio. Seth Larson, Derek Dungan, Ethan Arkell our control board operators and editor Terry South our coordinating producer Barry Squires and others with engineering help. Our studio host and scoreboard host and Cougar Canyon host was Ben Bagley today. And we should also thank Clark Jackman, booth engineer, along with uh, Michael Wimmer. Clark works on the operations side of BYU Radio as well, as does Sean O'Neill, who assisted in Cougar Canyon today as well. Thanks to those, and to BYU Associate AD for corporate sponsorships, Casey Stauffer. Appreciation goes out to BYU's football communications department, uh, Brett Pine, Kenny Cox, uh, Duff Tittle, and others. And we want to thank our spotter, McKay Perry, who's just spotted for his final game this year. And our statistician, Ralph Sokolowski, who's done stats for the final time this year, at least before the bowl game. We hope there's a bowl game, of course. We thank uh, both McKay and Ralph. That leaves just the guys on the headset at this point. And uh, it was an enjoyable one today. Didn't turn out the way we wanted it to, result-wise for sure. But a lot to like about what the Cougars put on the field today. And hopefully more of the same from BYU next week in Stillwater. So for the man to my left.
2: Hans Olson. The baby
1: buffalo himself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the famous baby buffalo. Oh, man. There's, some days are just better than others on air. This is one of those days. It was good.
1: And the man to my right. Mitch Jurgens, Who has no notable nicknames, at least for the time being.
2: But a buff dad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my name is Greg Grubel. Thanking you for being with us. Man, we love doing this. And, uh, yes, we all wish it would have turned out a little bit differently I hope you enjoyed the broadcast with us just the same. Final score is Oklahoma 31 and BYU 24. Back with you next week from Stillwater for BYU and OSU in the Cougs' regular season finale. Hopefully it's not the game we, uh, final game we broadcast this year. The Cougars need to win one to get into the postseason. They've got one more crack at it, and we'll do it all with you next Saturday. So in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU football. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good day and so long from Provo, Utah.
0: You have been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU sports network coverage of today's game has been brought to you by all pro capital, real estate investments by Les Olson, I T your office technology partner. BYU football is also brought to you by Smith's food and drug fresh for everyone. BYU football is a production of BYU athletics in association with BYU broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Shane Reese, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stoffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.